0: She was a student of his for like 12 years and she's like you're my shit like I don't feel comfortable with this conversation and I need to, this should go through my dad and and he was telling her marry me don't tell your mom don't tell your dad don't and just fly out to California well what do I tell them cuz like tell them you're visiting a friend
1: transition topics speaking Mm -hmm. of uh, you spoke a lot about abuse of power on a large scale but we want to transfer to on a smaller scale on a community community level level scale you've done work in the past we don't have to talk about organizations but you've worked with people and organizations in the past that deal with alleged abuses in the community and specifically with people in leadership positions so have someone whether it's an imam a sheikh. a lot of times i see it seems to be like a tariqa sufi kind of thing (laughs) it's like the most common one (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, and there's someone who will quote unquote in power and we can define what that kind of means. And later on, they become these anonymous tips that come in and say like such and such sheikh seems to be taking advantage of his seat of power in whatever capacity that may be. And it kinda, today the term for that might be spiritual abuse. Mm-hmm. So, if you could help us walk through one, what's the definition of this thing called spiritual yeah. abuse? Because it seems very vague, and almost anyone in a sheikh position could be a spiritual abuser, yeah. right? So, please, please help yeah. Um Yeah. Uh,
0: well, what I would say is like if we start with the term, as Muslims who are guided by our deen, and we also know that our deen is very well defined, that's another thing to, uh, we have to remember that Alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala per, uh, gave us a Quran, preserved that Quran sent a Prophet to clarify the Qur'an, preserved his Sunnah, and then everything around needing to know that, whether it's Qur'an, Tajweed, Tafseer, Nahu, Balagha, all of these other sciences that are needed, the Hadith sciences, Fiqh, Usul al-Fiqh, all these sciences were preserved and it's a very well documented process. We're not saying that we have the answer to every single thing, but alhamdulillah our mujtahideen, the ulama of, our, of the past who were Mujtahids, who codified all of these sciences, sciences Gave us enough to work with to where when we deal with issues that come up, there's something that, you know, we have something to work with. We have the right tools, the right references
2: to kind of pull from and, you know, uh, work with that too. And we're not just going to do like, oh,
0: you know, in my opinion, this really struck me one time. I I struck up a conversation on an airplane with a uh, evangelical pastor. Ooh, young, yeah, but it was very good. It was a California evangelical pastor, and he said, "You know, um, if you don't mind, we could have a frank conversation because there's just some things that I'd like clarified mm-hmm. uh, about Islam." I said, "No problem at all." I said, and, and likewise, I would like some things clarified about you, your uh, your church and you being a pastor and so on and so forth. And so, when he would ask me questions, especially when we got down to theology, you know, aqidah is 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 the most sensitive in terms of defining what exactly it is that we believe, mm-hmm. what you have to believe, what you don't have to believe, what type of belief is sinful, what type of belief is kufur. Like it's it's very cl- uh, codified, so there's no room for him. Well, in my opinion, so when he would ask me questions, I said, well, and I'm like thinking of lines from the various books. And yeah. this is the point. Here's the point. And then when I would ask him, I said, well, what do you what is what do your faith say about that? He's like, well, you know, in my opinion. And and he's yep. a pastor, gone yeah. through seminary training and so forth. So um, we we there's no room for that opinion. Although one of my famous uh, or my, my, my favorite lines from, from Arabi Ammo's is like, Wallahi <laughs> I'm not a scholar, I'm but, not a scholar, I'm not a scholar, but, but, a scholar, but, 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 but my humble like, opinion. opinion. <laughs> All right, brace yourself, because <laughs> now we got some some something is really gonna oh, I've, come. I I've heard like, some crazy yeah, yeah. Something else. <laughs> Um, the po- and the post juma critics like yeah, you yeah. know it's like post-Jum'ah during Jum'ah nowadays oh yeah well the post juma <laughs> ones are like great khutbah but <laughs> um, so but but that's like a good sparring match like you know I like to and I benefit sometimes from that and sometimes it's just like, really? Like that's what you were thinking about the whole talk? <laughs> one time
1: Sheikh al Adin is giving me a khutbah, the early one. So people who was that? Sheikh al al Bakri. So he's giving me a khutbah before the comes in, which is the opinion, yeah. There's someone in the front of like, This is Badland. This is not gonna go. Are you sitting here, brother? Are you sitting with, up with up a bunch of fasab? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sinners.
0: Show you show up, the up to the wrong thing. Like, first you know
1: more than you meant ibn Hamba. And second, why are you here? Yeah. Yeah,
0: so um, I think those people, those are the people that just needed. Brother, do you need a hug? Yeah. <laughs> you know. Or I'm not gonna be the one that hugs him, but anyway, um, uh, you were saying about uh, oh, so so defining terms. Yes, so please. whenever you go into any science, right? This like definition of terms. It's right there at the beginning of mm-hmm. of the books. The ulama they say this is how I'm gonna use this term. This is how I'm gonna use yep. this term with my student in, uh, who's in a prison here in California. We're <coughs> going through the Muqtasar of Khalil. Um, Khalil ibn Ishaq the author of that book he at the very beginning he says this is how I'm going to use these terms because he has to clarify those because other scholars might use those terms and it's not a it's not a dean thing in, in the sense that like, oh, you can't use this term for that. He's just like, here's how I use the word khilaf. Mm-hmm. This is what I mean when I say it. Right. The, word, the word
1: sunnah is very like that one across the different disciplines will change completely what they mean. So a exactly. hadith scholar mm-hmm. means a hadith. It doesn't yes. mean like what the prophet did necessarily,
0: right? It's yeah. so like how it's being used is very important. It's yeah. very important. So now when we go to istilahat, that's what they call like technical terminology. terminology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of terminology that was not used by the sahaba. Take, for example, mutawatir. Somebody says, you know, like it's 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 a it's a transmission that was transmitted by so many different sources that it's impossible that it it was made up.
2: They wouldn't have even thought to use that word because they're the ones we're talking about.
0: Even that word, that Arabic word mutawatir, or even that concept. Yeah, Doctor uh Doctor Suhail out of has a a Ph.D. thesis on the mutawatir. Just that, just mutawatir. Wow, and he shows how like they borrowed the concept of looking at things both through the usuli the usulis who use the mutawatir concept. Mm-hmm and the Muhaddithin who used the mutawatir, and how they they, they developed the mutawatir concept, borrowing from other uh, cultures, like the Greeks. Mm. Okay, so we borrowed terminology, Imam al-Ghazali and alchemy, alchemia. Where did the scholars, you know, they borrowed these terms because they're like, you know what, that term um, uh, uh, hits on a very concept. We have the concept within our faith. Nah. And so we're just gonna use that, your term, to to describe this concept. And then so because this, the you know, the mustalah and the istilahat, they, they, there's another principle, la mushahata fil istilah. What does that mean? Mushahata like, means like we're not going to get caught up on the istilah. Like if you and I are talking and you, you, you define khilaf, the word khilaf in one definition, and I use it as another definition, we're like, okay, let's put the terms aside, go to the definitions, agree on new terms, and discuss those. Like mm-hmm. it's semantics. We don't have to get yeah. caught up on... On, on the words that we're using. Let's get to the core of the issue. Okay. So that's why they say it's very important for the, for the seeker of knowledge, for the scholar, for the researcher. La <laughs> We're not going to get caught up on the istilah if we can move away from that and, and get to the core of the substance. So that's a big principle. So
2: istilah again is the technical <clears throat> term. So don't get technical. caught up on the definitions if yeah. it's varied, but at least agree on that first point. So when you're having your discussion, you're on yeah, the same it's, same. it's
0: like Sheikh Zubayr says. A rose by any other name is still a rose. Sheikh Zubair. Sheikh Zubair. Shakespeare? <laughs> Shakespeare. Shakespeare, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, my dad, Allah yarhamu may Allah have mercy on his soul, Amen. growing up, he, he used to tell us, he's like, oh yeah, he's Arabi, he's Sheikh Zubair. That's how he got so eloquent in the English language. Um, there's a old Eng- there's an English saying that, you know, God gave three to three. He gave um, ra- rational thinking to the Greeks uh, the hands, you know, creating things to the Chinese, and the 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 tongue and speech and rhetoric to the Arabs. Mm. Uh, I mentioned that to an Arab. He's like, no, he gave us the rational and the tongue, you know, um, <laughs> and the humility. What's that? <laughs> and the humility. Yeah. <laughs> um, they still haven't got the, the 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 sina'a part right, right? No, no, no call. Oh, no, sin- <laughs> um so he used she- to Sheikh Zubair, and um I mentioned that to an Arabic teacher I had once who was from India, and he said, No, he was from India, he's Sheikh Peer. <laughs> <laughs> then years later, my my dad said, No, not only was he Arab, he's actually from our family, the Insur family. Really? His family name is Insur, E-N-S-O-R. Really? She- well, well, he's not Ensour, but that's just like that uh, adds to the story. Sheikh Zubair Sur. <laughs> Look it up. My dad, sometimes when he looks for other Ensour families, he would use different spellings like uh, A-N-S-O-U-R and Nasur A-N. Just, and so one time he's like E-N-S-O-R. Um, insur, Sheikh Zubair pops up. Sheikh Zubair pops up. He's like, Rami? <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, it's like an out of dad thing. My dad does this same. he look up every permutation of our last oh, really? name, I'm like trying to find the family tree. He's like, "Munir, look at they have this tree. We need to add your name to it I'm like, "Where oh, is it?" Uh, <laughs> wow,
0: you have a new cousin. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Didn't your family alternate anyway? It's
2: Hisham, Munir Hisham, oh, for, Munir. That's
1: first name, not last name. Oh, okay. No, family name. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so you're Hisham and Munir? No, no, no. My dad's name's Hisham but then my my grandpa's Munir. Munir Apparently, he's yeah, like yeah. Hisham before that. Yeah,
0: yeah. My son's Adam, though. I was like, I do okay. okay. My son's okay. like a yeah, <laughs> <laughs> ask so his grandchildren that. are going to be like, oh, so it's like you know, uh, and then he's going to read, he's going to it's going to be uh, Hisham ibn Munir ibn Adam ibn Hisham ibn Munir, <laughs> <Ibn laughs> <Ibn laughs> and they're yep, like, yep. what happened with your dad? Man?
2: <laughs> Trailblazer,
1: yeah. People, why add them? They think it's, I'm trying to whitewash my kid, to get him in the system. Oh, part, no, that's not partly of it. The actual reason was God picked the, that was the first name God picked. If you think of, like they say, oh, Prophet <laughs> Muhammad so said them was actually the first name, mm. yeah, possibly. God, when He chose a name for the first human, He chose Adam. Oh wow, that's a pretty good name to go yeah.
0: with. Yeah, God chose it first. It might be. <laughs> that's going back to the earlier conversation where we had, you know, like your HD had and not, you know, betraying your former self. I think naming there's a secret to it, and that's why I think there's um the 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 seven day sunnah so no, of naming on the seventh mm. day to allow the parents to kind of like interact with this new soul that they're you know seeing oh. and what what's what what comes up in that process. Oh, you good. know, just allow like allow the emergence just allow it to emerge you know i don't want to get yeah. too like the name's know. supposed to be like a form of dua
1: right like that's like yeah when you of, call yeah. upon them yeah um,
0: and it's also a reflection <coughs> of like what's um like what's coming up for you what's what's being conjured up for you and at this point in your life and that's why you have to take it really seriously and not um yeah. not uh name them a name that oh, for dude, the rest the, of their some life some of these
1: kofar the names they gave
0: are so i had a coworker. literally he
1: telling me his kids named it like i had like five kids uh-huh. And I was like, what's that mean? Like, he's from Taiwan. His mm. wife's Mormon white. Like, he's a weird mix. I thought maybe there's some background in there. He's like, this is just a unique name. I was like, That's mm. it. That's just because it's a unique name. Like, I mean, it is unique and it's kind of cool, but it has zero
0: meaning behind it. Yeah. yeah.
2: All, all the parents that named their kids like Daenerys. Oh after the, Robert De Niro or uh, no, no. Oh, Daenerys, like Dinar. No. Oh. <laughs> Game no. of Thrones? Oh, oh. Cuz she was like the female dragon lord oh, and she was man. like a hero. Can you
0: imagine that growing up with that name? And then like she
2: ended up being a psycho and she murdered everybody in like oh, the last season spoiler alert. Oh, no, uh, looks <laughs> You haven't seen it now.
0: <laughs> um yeah, when I when my son was being born was born at the at the hospital, uh one of the nurses came in and she said, "Oh, so what have you named your your kid?" I said, "Well, you know, we're uh, going on the seventh day, and they don't let you leave the hospital. They don't, oh, but I yeah. was able to. You know, really? both my kids. Yeah. My parents so
2: changed my name. They changed it. Yeah, they put down something and then yeah, my name was Khalid, mm. and then they changed it to Amr like a week later. Oh, shock
1: wow. An Egyptian named Khalid. <laughs> 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 Khalid, dude. There's yeah. a there's a guy at my yeah, work. To, you have to pronounce it. As yeah, yeah, yeah Khalid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's, <laughs> there's a guy at my work. Right, his name's they call him Khalid. And I'm looking at this guy. I was like, this guy. You know the Egyptian actor who's in every Egyptian movie, every single one. Think of an Egyptian movie. It's that main actor guy, right? Sure. With the white suit. Same. <laughs> He's in every movie there is. Not the really old one. The younger guy oh, is man. the main character in all of them. All right. He looks like him. Same hair. Same skin tone. Everything. I was like, his name's Khalid Jamal. I was like, this guy is Khalid You know, Jamal. Mm-hmm. So I'm with him one on one. I was like, yo, like Khaleed. Is your name? Are you Egyptian? He goes, nah, I get that a lot. Uh, I'm not. And I was like, man, what? The world, so what are you? Like, I'm Pakistani. I was like, I, <laughs> 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 I did not. I was like, but your your first name, first of all, is like the most Egyptian name out. He's like, Yeah, I know. I was like, and I thought, Your last name is Jamal. He's like, Yeah, I know. <laughs> wow, wow, wow.
0: <coughs> um, yeah, so uh, the anyway, nurses, uh, the yeah, nurses. I don't know. We oh, got on nurses, this tangent. <laughs> Uh, she said, "So what are you going to name?" I said, "You know, Seventh Day and so forth." She's like, "Oh, that's an interesting tradition." She said, "You know, a lot of people have interesting traditions because mm-hmm. it's the Bay Area, Mountain View. Oh, you know, they're going to interesting of, people." And so she said, um, <laughs> and Elon Musk "She's like, and they're weird names." But what are some of the things that you might name them? So I gave, I told her at that time it was my son Malik, mm-hmm. Um she's like oh, "Okay." Um, <clears throat> she said, "The only thing I advise parents is that they should think if they're going to publicly school their children." To mm. like what other kids would say. And mm. I even even before I heard her say yeah. that, I was like, run a name by like a couple of nine-year-old boys and see what they do <laughs> with the name. That's smart. You know, because you, you don't want to set your kid up for a failure, right? Um, and so she said that she had two different people that mm-hmm. she convinced them to change their kids' name. Um, what was it? It was um, it was something with like S H I in it.
2: Oh, really? Yeah. Come on. You don't need to run that by Yeah. Um,
0: And I was like, I was like, you know, you probably saved that person's, you know, that (laughs) kid's childhood. Um uh, I can't remember exactly I gotta think about what it was. But um but but like in that person's language it was, you know, normal normal. Oh okay when you spell it in English and when you pronounce it you're like, whoa, that kid's gonna have a hard time in school. Okay. But anyway, istilah. So, so coming back to the istilah, we're talking about spiritual abuse. So let's let's talk about the the substance of what it is that we're talking about. Let's define the term spiritual abuse. Let's define the term because I see a lot of people are like, well, this term's not in, a part of our tradition. And what do you mean? By, and it's being used like listen, guys. Uh, okay, just, that's me. So you get,
2: Let, let's, let's just
0: look at what it what is, what is what is it that we're talking about. So for example, abuse. <laughs> let's give a Arabic term. So let's say, so what would abuse. What would you say? Um.
1: I'm trying to use abuse without using the word abuse. <laughs> yeah, I don't know no, that. in Arabic,
0: in Arabic, yeah, just so we can start making some correlations between what's in our tradition. Oh, we'd have
1: probably mawlidulm is probably the Volum. easiest one. What's yeah. another one? Um, You're the Arabic teacher so here, uh, Malia. fist going beyond the bounds. Maybe can we say darar?
0: Like, oh, good harm. Yeah, yeah, harm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah harming. Because it's abuse, harm. It's just like oh, all yeah, right, let's like, not like harm. So voldum <laughs> and harm. Those two. Those two terms are well defined in our right dhulm is in the quran we talk about the zalimin like we have a lot of literature talking about Zulm. okay darar one of the most famous hadith of the prophet sallallahu <laughs> it's one of the four foundational hadith that if you were to um break everything down to four hadith some scholars break it down to three some to five so it's an interesting collection like okay. the 40 hadith of imam nawawi is like if you would break islam down to 40 hadith a comprehensive overview of, of Islam, yeah, with forty hadith. That's what he does. Some go down even further to four hadith, and one of them is la mm-hmm. darar It's such a foundational principle. You know, there's so much that can be derived out of this one hadith. So the word darar is there, and then you find that you know throughout the books, no of harming Fir- or reciprocating harm. Yeah, sorry, sorry to no harm. So la darar, do not harm or do not reciprocate harm. So if somebody harms you, don't reciprocate with, with a harm. You know, it's it's an eye for an eye, not an eye for a life. Yeah. Um, okay. And so so we have Darar. And then now if we were to say, can there be Darar within the deen? Can a person use their position within the deen to harm other people? Now we start looking at the tradition through that way. Well, what comes to my mind and even growing up is the um, using the deen as a charlatan. And this was one of my first lessons when I studied the book of Imam al-Akhdari, um, which is an introduction to Maliki Fiqh. Which he,
2: you have a class on that online. It's a recording. Yes, if you yeah, want to get your the, intro the, into Maliki Fiqh. Yeah, the, the, the,
0: the, the recording is online. That recording actually is what I recorded for the prisoners. That was the first mm-hmm. class. We need
2: to redo that here, but we'll talk about that. After. Which one? We'll we we'll redo that class. We can record it
0: here, oh, like we could, with yeah. camera and everything. Yeah. But, um, mm-hmm. so so in that book, he says one of the uh, he he begins his book on fiqh with a section on purification of the heart. Yeah. He talks about Toba. He talks about enjoining righteousness and forbidding evil. He talks about lowering the gaze. He talks about uh, um, you know lowering your, your, your gaze from anything that you that you see. Um, that's haram even in your heart reflecting on other people's faults like all of like purification of the eyes the ears don't listen to riba. one of the things he says that's mm-hmm. prohibited is is bil-deen. Al-akl bil-deen. devouring people's wealth through the deen mm. through by, by religion so one of my first lessons was from our shiuch using that book is do not use the deen for dunya purposes and there's a lot of ahkam that come out of that. But here is, you know, so, so there's even rules like, can a Qur'an teacher accept payment, right? Yeah. That's discussed by Ahmed ibn Hanbal, Imam Malik like that was an, uh, yeah. can an imam of a prayer receive a salary, okay? So now that's one discussion that we're going to have. But here he's not talking about that. He's talking about presenting a deen image, a persona of the deen, so that you can uh, uh, devour people's wealth. Because illegal devour of the wealth, and when I say illegal, I should say haram, like prohibited, the sinful mm-hmm. devouring of people's wealth is not just theft. There's also other things too. You manipulation. Can, manipulation, right? bainakum The Quran says, do not devour each other's wealth in false means. This is not the ayah talking about theft. What it means is like, for example, say you have, you have this, uh, is this called a mixer? Yeah. Uh, how much is it worth? You don't want to say on there? Okay. So I come to you and I'm like, you know, I'm going to, we really need this up at table. Just call it 500 bucks. 500 bucks. Right. Could you sell it to me? And it's worth even more than that. Or you know what? I'm going to give you what it's worth, but you don't want to sell it. But I pressure you. I pressure you. I pressure you. I pressure. And you sell it to me. Okay. Was that theft? No. No. But did I like coerce you into the sale? Yeah, you're a great salesman. I did not I I didn't. Um, uh, well, let's say it wasn't salesman. What if it was no, like, no, it's like you know like he's coming
1: in and like forcing What him if you're like oh you know
2: Tabea really like, needs that. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah and and the I'm people and need Muslim it. And and Muslim. Muslim. And your mom
0: and what would your mom think? And I use all of those manipulation yeah, tactics. That's, that's haram. Really? Yes. It's so. called إكلو أموال الناس بالباطني. So sometimes when people are like well technically that wasn't theft
2: that was so capitalism that we, was, you know, we, we, we out, engaged know. in a in
0: no there's there's a there's a there's a subtle nuanced uh, uh, thing that a Allah does talk about in the Quran and that you cannot you know uh, it's not theft it's not khasib. it's not you know like we're not just taking, taking someone's but way. it's using something to um, uh, to manip- manipulate the person into a sale that they don't really want or I say you know what can you give it to me there we go. And I just like, ah, "Come on, come on. I just annoy you annoy, and you give it da to da me." Peace be Yeah, yeah. And you know there's people that do that, right? Yeah. They will manipulate, they will they will tug on the strings, guilt trip. What, what your dad raised you as Muslim? <laughs> did, did you go to Sunday school? Yeah. Don't you know this is for the dean, brother? Okay, so I'm using all those things so I didn't steal it. I didn't I didn't uh, threaten you with harm. But I annoyed you enough until you're just like, here, man, go ahead, take it.
2: Go and go you're ahead. a sheikh, so I trust what
0: you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a sheikh too. I studied a lot. I'm a, you didn't know. you know, like, <laughs> Use all those type of tactics. You know, that was, I was being completely facetious. No, no, that's man. okay. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. But just use those tactics. So that is in our sharia. And so that thing now, if I just do that regularly, right, that's haram. But what if I pull in my deen? What if I start saying, so I'll give you, I'll give you uh, an example. And before I even knew the term, Spiritual, spiritual abuse. abuse. I experienced it by one of my teachers, oh, uh, here in the U.S. <laughs> yeah. who who made me and other students as well feel so guilty for not serving him, for not doing khidmah, helping, raising funds for his um, um, foundation, foundation, uh, for for uh, cleaning in the in the house. And whenever we're like, I, I got to study, I got time. Well, don't you know khidmah of the sheikh is a big spiritual opening, and you could have feteḥ. From the chiddma, and so now here I'm. like something. In my heart's telling me like something ain't right. It's like there's this one guy on uh, YouTube. He's like, hold up, wait a minute. I think it's what is it called? Spark. Uh, hold up, wait a minute. Something ain't right. <laughs> um, he's got you know this uh, recently. The there was a, um, a guy who got duct taped to his chair on a, yeah. a on a a Frontier flight. So he does a spoof of, of... Did you see that? Yeah. Oh my God, that's that's art. Like So anyway, hold up. Wait a minute, something ain't right. So my heart is telling me something ain't right. But here's a sheikh in that position of trust. And he's like, you know, the dean, the sheikh, and using all these things. So that's manipulation. Yeah. I would say, you know, if a person uses that, that's manipulation. Then if I were to tell you...
2: Can I interject for one second? Sure. W- wouldn't you... I mean, there is a... a, a like a murabbi relationship between you and your sheikh mm-hmm. right so wouldn't, wouldn't i'm gonna play devil's advocate here wouldn't you argue that maybe like this is just the sheikh like putting you through some sort of like uh you know hardship to kind of build your character kind of like a karate kid mr miyagi kind of thing like you know why am i cleaning your car yeah. you know what I mean? like that you
0: know and that's warranted and that's, what, I, what i would say about like let's like use let's use mr miyagi and for all of those who viewers who have not seen the karate kid like that's some iconic, you know, yeah. you got to watch at least part one. Right. Yeah. Karate Kid one. um, And and so in that in that relationship, he comes to Mr. Miyagi and it's very clear. Right. Like Mr. He, he wants training from Mr. Miyagi. So Mr. Miyagi is going to give him something. Yes. And in return, he's like for you to get from point A to point B. So that you can beat that guy, you know, the bullies and the yeah. other company for you to get to point A and point B. I need you to do this. And Miyagi knows that the painting of the fence, the washing of the car, all of those things has a direct. You know, it might not seem that it's um, that there's a direct correlation between doing this work. But but that relationship is clear. And he's like, you don't have to work here because at one point he gets fed up. He's like, you can leave if you want to. You don't have to. But I'm trying to take you from here to here. Um, and he does and so there's a there's mm. a path so there is you know you're right in the sense that there are some there's a certain level of where it's not known like what you' what you're getting into and that's where I think it's it's really important to have a checks and balances so the Mr Miyagi um even though it's 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 made up if Miyagi was working on his own and there wasn't anybody to check and balances that could be set up for him to abuse that system of course right so what do we do we go to Miyagi's peers and so that's what I did in my situation. When I had this teacher, because I had about about 10 or so different teachers, only one had this mindset and this attitude. Also, this teacher is a bit, I know, we know, I know who
2: you're talking about because I spent time like one day maybe. Mm-hmm. But he was, I was touched. And my understanding is he's a heavy hitter, like the scholar of scholars, where he studied and where he. Yeah, he, he's very a, accomplished. Very accomplished. This is not a small time like sheikh. Yeah. Um, yeah yeah so so that
0: too adds to that makes it harder to say like something ain't you know something ain't right something ain't right but then when i go back to my other tashukh they're like no no that's not how we do it that's not how the tarbiyah happens mm. that's not like that is not from our way that's not from our tradition and and when you go you know when you get into that realm of, of things not being exact like you know if you do this this will happen because on the tarbiyah it's it's like a coach let's take for example another like okay Maybe people can't relate to Miyagi. You go to a football coach, soccer coach, swim coach, whatever. In that relationship, you have to trust the coach to a certain to a certain level. But if you trust too much and he's operating in a vacuum and he doesn't have checks and balances, you can you could get hurt. You could get hurt. And that then that person, we have the and Shaitan at us at all times, right? Yeah. Could he easily fall into abusing his position? Of course. Yeah. And and our books talk about that. They talk about the Dajjal. The, the smaller Dajjals, abusing their positions. Yeah. They talk about Savers, the Dajjal Imam. Yeah. Dajjal is the imposters. So we have the big Dajjal, but then, I, then we have smaller dajjal. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know yeah, the that. Hadith actually. says that before the Dajjal, there will be other lesser Dajjals. Yeah. So they talk about this as a concept. Of, they call it Dajjal. Um, yeah. You know, just being an imposter. And so the books are our tradition. I'm talking about over a thousand years ago, talking about the imposters, the char- these terms of charlatans, people using... Um, in the Madhal, the book that I mentioned to you earlier of Ibn al Hajj, mm-hmm. he talks about Shi'uch abusing <clears throat> their position, gaining trust of people, um, and uh, and even to the point of like sexual abuse. He talks about that 700 years ago.
2: Sexual abuse, sexual 700 abuse. years ago.
0: Yeah, he says shiuch, some Shi'uch would get the, their Murids together, and they're saying they're doing a, a, a dhikr, and they have men and women dancing. And he said, and then it, sometimes it leads to zina. That's 700 years ago, uh, Ibn al-Hajj is talking about. And so he's not talking about some random person using a random method. He's talking about a sheikh using the deen, alter, uh, altering the deen to get people to do the haram. That's an abusive position. And he's talking about it specifically. And then Ibn al-Hajj in the Madkhal too, he says, if a king, We know that Allah has yeah. no similarity to creation. He said, but if a king of the dunya issues an edict, and a peasant in the far-off lands... Breaks that edict, breaks that law. Mm-hmm. And the wazir, the minister of the king, breaks that law as well. He said, if that's a just king, who is he going to hold more accountable? Himself, the king. Well, was, no, the king. He's got, yeah, yeah. He's oh, got sorry, the wazir. 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 Yeah, the wazir, yeah. right? yes, yes, Why? Yes, yes.
2: Because he is more closer to where the edict was issued. He mm-hmm. understands um, the the why it's important. Like someone who's far away, who's so far removed, with no power, then you know they'd
0: be punished less so now let's let's bring that to circa 2021 and ask people <clears throat> we got that guy who abused right because it's darar or haram he did a harm he'd say he, he harmed someone and let's just say in that situation the edict was don't kill your neighbor's sheep whatever we're just throwing something out right so that peasant killed his neighbor's sheep the, was he killed his neighbor's sheep they both did the same exact thing but i mean
2: if, i don't know i probably disagree and say they should be
0: it would be the same punishment they're both going to get punished, but the Qadi also has, you know, we have in the, in the sharia, we have specific hudud. Yeah. And the reason why they're hudud is because they're specific punishments. Okay. But then the Qadi also has room for ijtihad to issue other punishments. Like ta'zir punishment. Ta'zir punishments. Okay. So in a ta'zir punishment, you don't have a specific thing. So say that comes before the Qadi. You got the peasant and the wazir. They both did something. The punishment's not going to be the same. Because mm. what's going to really stick it to that peasant is going to be different than the wazir. If he gives a $50 fine to the peasant and the Wazir gets a $50 fine, fine, it's going to be easy for the Wazir, right? So he's got to do something else. And they talk about that. They said hmm. you could even smack him in a public place, knock his turban off. Those are examples they give. of So you of may
2: power. give him the fine, but you may humiliate you may him.
0: smack him too, yeah. Come here, let me see you like it. Because they would hate to be seen bareheaded in, in public, and especially in those. Smack his turban off, knock his turban off. Wow. Um, so, so those are some of the concepts that like, come to my mind when I think about when people talk about abuse of power. They're like, well, you know, uh, looking at power structures, that's a Western liberal. No, hold on one second, brother. Like, or sister, whoever it is. You know, like, this idea of there being power structures and certain people being held to a higher standard. Has always existed. It's been in our deen. And then even the term, so in the Matarat al-Qulub, the book on the purification of the heart, written by Sheikh Mohammed Malud, about 150 years ago in Mauritania, he wrote it. Because he saw, he said he saw people studying fiqh, and it was good that they were studying fiqh, but they weren't studying purification of the heart. And so he says <coughs> you, you need to have both. You can yeah. So he wrote that book, and in there he talks about rish uh, cheating people. He says well rishu dararin What is what would you say darar <laughs> <laughs> dini would be? I don't know. yeah. Harm <laughs> in the harm of the, of the, the deen. Harm and harm of deen. deen. Yeah. Um. If we translate "Dean" into religion, could yeah. we say religious harm? How far is religious harm off spiritual abuse, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, and and Mauritania was a, co- a country large, by and large, unaffected by colonial era. I, I met a sheikh there one time. He's like, "Al al thani," World War II, Is it still going on? <laughs> I'm like, no, sheikh. It's, it's been gone about fifty years or so at uh, that time, but like. You know, I've seen people. I've been at sometimes the first white person that a person has seen. I had a kid like jump off the back of a donkey when he saw me. He was like deathly afraid. Never saw a white person. Why? Wow. He thought the color was gone from, <laughs> from your skin. Yeah, there's there's some interesting videos online of like anthropologists going to like Papua New Guinea and being the first white person yeah. that they see. Right. So. Um, and people would call me Nasara, Nasrani in Mauritania because yeah, to them yeah. Nasrani meant white because yeah. mm-hmm. Nasrani means Christian and the only white people they knew were Christian. <laughs> so <clears throat> so I, it used to bother me all the time. One time when I was in the silk and this, and I would wear my darah to cover up, you know, ashamed of my white skin. Um, Your whiteness. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just didn't want the headache like the because I know America. I yeah, couldn't yeah. hear something and not respond. I know that about myself. So it's not that I'm 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 afraid I'm ashamed. It's just like I don't want to get into it today. I'm just going to buy my you know buy my stuff in the soup. So I go into the soup one time, Soup is market market in yeah. Mauritania, and so this this guy's smart aleck. He's like, Nasrani, ha. Huh? Uh-huh. Hey, look, there's a Nasrani. And I turned to him and I was wearing my uh, my turban around my face, like I was doing my best <laughs> to not get into it with the locals. Um, and I said, I looked at him. I said, I'm a Muslim. He says shahid you know say the Shahada. oh wow off. so oh, i look wow. at him I'm like you little punk man I, you know if it wasn't for the dean i'd knock you out right here lay you out on a dirt street of of kifa um so i said and i'm not gonna say the Shahada just because you know to you so anyway i turned to him and i said tell me the fard of wudu <laughs> no yeah. and he says seba. I was like, okay, you're, you're, you know, one for one on that one. Like, it is seven in the Maliki school. I was like, tell them to me. So he, he counted out four. He's like, where's the other three? He's like, I don't know. I said, you're sitting here in the sukh in the middle of the day, wasting your time. You're not buying or selling anything. And you're calling me Nasrani and asking for my shahada. And I'm sitting in the mahdara of al Hajj, studying this deen of ours. And you can't even tell me the fard of wudu. And the people sitting around were like, oh, expirato. You know, it was almost like, did you hear what he said? Espirito. So and then I walked off. Another time I got into a taxi. This was in shot and somebody, same thing, had called me Nasrani. Um, and I got in and I was heated because I yelled at that person. And the other thing is, my dad's from Mississippi, my dad, my mom's from Mississippi, my dad's from Jordan. So I got hot blood on the other side. It's like mm. salt Jordan, uh, Arab blood on one side, Irish blood. Uh, fermented in Mississippi mud <laughs> on the other side, so I don't I don't let things pass easily. I I have to work on that, you know. I have to you know, I have to work a little extra harder. So, um, and Malcolm Gladwell talks about this in I think it's Outliers, but he talks about the difference in reaction between Southerners and Northerners. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> in confrontation uh, so so I yell at this person back for calling me Nasrani. And I get into the taxi cab, and the guy's like, why are you so heated? And I'm like, he just called me an Asrani. He's like, oh, don't worry. They just mean white person. I was like, oh, really? I said, you know, in East Africa, there's Jewish people who look just like you. How about I call you Yahudi? He's like, no, no, that's not good. That's not a-. I was like, exactly. Uh-huh. So um, so anyway, in Mauritania, a country cut off from colonial. You can't say, like now, they were affected by colonial thought. Like when the French came in in Morocco, they shut down the institutions because they could lock their doors.
2: Mauritania is in the desert. We, it's in the desert. You're going to lock down a tent?
0: Yeah. Uh, the backs of camels. Like one yeah. of the Mauritanians says, <laughs> We have taken the backs of camel, camels as our madrasa. In them, we clarify the deen of Allah. How can you shut that down? Yeah. You can't. And so the French, they, they, did not, uh, they, did not, they were not able to affect the Mauritania schooling system. Qarawayin got affected. Yeah, the, in in Senegal it got affected. They would go into uh, schools, get out all the teachers, and mow them down with their machine guns. Mauritania, there's like, where's the? Where, they're out there in the deserts, literally under trees and on the camelbacks teaching. And even so, if
2: you took their books, a lot of them actually just memorized. Memorize they memorized the wrote memory. That's what they did. Yeah, do you there. couldn't
0: you couldn't burn the books or destroy the. Uh, yeah, uh, just the rewrite it. it. So, um, <laughs> so the reason I'm saying that is because if you have that now, modern. Uh, Mauritania scholarship unaffected by colonial what about 150 years ago before colonialism and then Mohammed Maloud is talking about darardini religious harm or religious abuse yeah right it's not something foreign to our deen. Now we just have to say.
2: So you're trying to contextualize where these statements are coming from. I, I, the, point, the point Sheikh is making is it's not like, oh, you know, we, we live in America, Western society, and it's a modernism, this, feminist, that, and we're, you know, this spiritual abuse is coming out of that context and it doesn't exist within Islam. And you're saying, no, we actually do have these concepts established well before anything came out of
0: Western thought. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. We yeah. Go. Good summary, and so now we just get down to the point of like, okay, if a person does something, what do we do in response? And exactly. what do we? What do we? Do we? <clears throat> excuse me. Do we hold can, that person? Can I get you more water? The, no, I'm fine. I'm okay. About this, Yeah. Um, so I mean, to use a to use an example, and this is again, I was in one of these situations where I saw some of this abuse happening. So, for example, this person, this sheikh, people would come to visit him as a sheikh. You know. Right. I, I was one of the visitors. Okay. And so, and people would come to study. And then one of the, one of the things that he would expect is he would expect khidma, service to him. Yeah. Which again, going back to the Miyagi thing, like Miyagi had service, but that service was directly related to him. Um, learning a trade or a yeah. skill. You go to a <clears throat> PhD program as, a you know, being a mentee of a, of a researcher. The idea is you're going to do research work for this person for free. But you're gaining something or an internship. Even the, the laws of internship in California, you can't just have a nonprofit and bring in an intern. There's, it's actually covered in the employment law. Yeah. Right? To bring in an intern who's not going to get paid for work, you can't just have them do menial things. So say you, do, you have an internship on your podcast. Mm-hmm. You can't just have that person like make coffee. Oh, You're an intern. No, you actually have to teach them a skill within that field that they're learning, and you have to yeah. take the time to coach them. Yeah, so there has to be an exchange of services.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. There
0: has to be that's codified in law. To me, that's the dean. Yeah, it's not just oh, come in and make us coffee and through the barakah of service to Amr Mabruk and Munir. What's that? التل. How do you spell it? Uh, التل, like yeah. tell, like the hill. That's oh, right. Oh, wow, التل. yeah, tell. You're going to, you know, but he's like, but how do I do that? Making jo- uh, uh, coffee. Don't worry, brother. It's all part of the process. I know better than you. And then you could start all that manipulation stuff. Um, so somebody might come to you and say, well, he had a free choice. I'm like, yeah, but you have a podcast. And he wants and to he learn about trust. podcasts. Yeah. And so there, it's not, it's not mm-hmm. like him going to somebody on the street. Like, is it, wouldn't you mm-hmm. say there's a difference?
2: No. Yeah, I, 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 <clears throat> I understand. And I'm, I'm thinking back to the situation that I was in, because I'll be honest, up until we started this podcast, that was, that's a very vivid memory that I have of that day spending my day mm-hmm. with that sheikh, just because of the environment. I mean, I was sitting there and everyone was, everyone showed up and they were like massaging his feet. Yeah. And I was the only one who was kind of like, I'm not I'm not touching someone's feet, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then like, I tried to give him a hug and he wouldn't give me a hug. He only wanted to- Because it's makro. Mm, I, hon- like I, I had good. to kiss his hand and I was like, I'm not- I'm not going to do that either. But he let you kiss his hand? I didn't do it.
0: That's crew in the Maliki school too. Wait, really? I'm going Mid Khalib and Hajj. Yeah, it's crew. Oh, okay.
2: Well, he served us tea though. So I was like, all right, maybe maybe it was like an exchange <laughs> of foot rub for tea. I
0: don't know. It's <laughs> the most expensive tea. You know, then. some of those massage parlors get, get shut down for that. <laughs> <idea>. <laughs> there was a massage parlor that got shut down in Fremont. It was right next to a halal restaurant. Uh, I don't know, just though. the irony of it. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's halal meat, haram meat. Sheikh, this
1: is in, in your in your anecdote here, how how do you report such a thing? Because in Islam, you can't just no. He was talking about here. the power dynamic.
0: First. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but there's no reportable. So let me let, let me use like that's why you know, some people you know when they hear okay that um, Rami gave a talk on on spiritual views. Well, how can you do that and uh, who was on the panel with you? And what did you have for breakfast that morning? And who served you that breakfast? And and because you ate breakfast at that person's place, you uh, support all of their Aqidah issues. I'm like, no, man, chill out, dude. <laughs> um, have some coffee that our intern's about to make for us. <laughs> There's no intern here, by the way. Um, so I was in this situation, and it just bothered me that this person, that sheik can't do stuff for himself. And I was raised in a family where, like, you 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 don't ask other people to do stuff. 100%. Yes. Right? Yeah. And and in and especially in the mashariqah, where we're from, you're from Lebanon, Egypt, yeah. Jordan, right? Somebody holding out their hand, what happens when somebody's like asks you for something? Or in Jordan I know, uh-huh. Don't beg. You're a grown able-bodied man. The interesting thing in the Shafiri school, they actually they they talk about because this is a fiqh mas'ala. If you're able-bodied, can you ask for sadaqah? And it's a fiqh discussion that the ulama should have. be
2: asking for a job, not for just yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Not asking for handouts. And so in the Shafi'i yeah. school, there's an opinion that no, it's haram to ask for it. And so it's interesting how in Jordan, that was predominantly Shafi'i, yeah. there's a there's a, a, a contempt and a disdain for able-bodied men asking for money. Well, in the Madh'aki school, it's not as uh, severe. And the interesting thing, at least in the Arab Mauritians, there's a lot of shahid that goes on. There's a lot of able-bodied people that will ask for money. And that's one of the things that I have to deal with, like in Mauritania, like. I think she like, well, you know, give give me some money. Yeah. I'm like, man, have some pride, have some respect. So for yourself. Um, So I was raised in a family on my mom's side, you know, workers. Yeah. You know, even if you're going into education, work, you know, do, you know, be, be proud of the sweat of your brow. And, and so, so now when I see a person who's just like asking other people to do stuff, buy my bread, cook my food, clean my stuff, like you can't do that for yourself. Well, now I have a term for it. It's called codependency. He's codependent. That's what that person is. I'm I'm sure of that. He can't do for himself. And so he wants other people to do to do for him. And so anybody who does khidmah for him in that situation is just like you're not allowing to him to stand on his own two feet. A man, a rajul, comes from the same root word of rigid, stand on your own two feet. And look at the, our, the Messenger of Allah, Allah, sallallahu Allah sallallahu when sallallahu they sallallahu. dug the khandak. He rolled up his sleeves and got down there with him. The when trench, it was time yeah. to the trench. When it was time to make a food, they went on a camping trip one time. One person says, I'll cook. One person says, I'll do this. He says, well, and I'll go get the firewood. He didn't sit around saying, like, So, <clears throat> at the same time, the Sahaba did a lot of service to him, and I believe, yes, there is a secret in service. But, um, it has to be one of three 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 areas. Either it's an employment service. Right? It's clear. This money for this service. Or, I'm I'm getting something in exchange, like in that PhD, the Miyagi situation, or, or we are getting knowledge. You're getting, knowledge. getting a skill, there's a trade. There's, yeah. but it's it's a trade for it. Or if you're looking for that barakah, like just I'm serving you fi for the sake of Allah, then it's fi the There's no strings attached. I come in, I do my service, and I leave. And you don't guilt trip me about yeah. not doing that. And this person specifically, one time there was a, a situation where he said, he said, I need you to spend the night at the house where I am. I was like, oh. You're a grown man. You don't need a babysitter. And I didn't tell him that, but that's what I'm feeling. And I said, we have other young uh, students who are willing to, you know, be there at the house, make sure things run. He said, no, it has to be you or, or the other person. I said, I got a wife and a kid and a job. I can't do that. I said, And I said this, it made him so mad that I said, لا. he said, you know, how can you say this? I, I can't, I, I'm not able to. And he would, he but he would guilt trip with using all of these things, like, you know, the, the sheikh and the barakah and the khidma, like he was using all these deems, Dean terms, and it took me a while to like work through it. Um, But then, you know, after that situation, because years later, he comes back and this video is on on YouTube, um, and he says he's talking about ukuq al walidain, disrespect to the parents. And one of the things that the scholars mention is that one of the uh, punishments for ukuq al walidain, for disobeying your parents or disrespecting your parents, is to die out of a state of Islam. Khatmu bil kufr. And some of the scholars said, and similar to this is Uquq mm. al You know, but these are all subjective things that the yeah. scholars of the past have talked about. And, you know, you're talking about the unseen and the ghaib and what affects things in the unseen. It's like it's not a, it's not, you know, it's opinions of scholars, but they could be right. They could be wrong. They could take them with a grain of salt or like in Mauritania, they have these huge chunks of rock salt. Sometimes you need to take a chunk of salt. So he says in his lecture, and I'm not going to put the link over here. Um, he says, and I'm going to tell you a story of uquq al that's similar to this, where the person could die as a kafir, as a disbeliever, for disrespecting. His and he tells that story that happened to me and him. <laughs> no
1: way. That's and
0: wild. I said, yeah. yeah. You should have so, commented. hey. <laughs> <laughs> and so I said, I said, now he's he's, and this is this is ten days after our sheikh, the same sheikh that he studied with and I studied with Murabbi al Hajj. After Murabbi al Hajj passed away, ten days later, oh. he makes this video. I'm like. You know, this is a time where the students were like, everybody's. Everyone out was to mourning. We're mourning. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I experienced the worst physical pain on that day. It turned out to be kidney pain. There was nothing like nothing happened after that, but just like I had a physical manifestation of just the emotional pain yeah. that I was going through. Um, and 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 people are reaching out to me for more Mauritania. People are like, let's reconnect. You know, we're all students of the same sheikh and so forth. And then this joker um, makes a video saying, because I refuse to. You know, spend, spend the night Spend in a the a night You know His slumber party It's kind of weird um, anyway And that. he's talking about Every other night I'm like I got a job I got a wife I got a kids. And Allah says in the Quran Men are the caretakers of women they Didn't say Like where's that in our In our deen So this is where a person Is manipulating the same text That I'm studying And trying to get person To like Literally massage the feet Cook the food Buy the bread uh, You know Nothing He doesn't do any. And then give donations And money and then even guilt trip people into giving those donations. I know a person who this guy was uh, worked at 7-Eleven as an attendant. How much money do you think he's making as a 7-Eleven attendant? Minimum wage. So yeah. this ship, his distant far-off cousin, gets into prison in, uh, in the Emirates and needs to be bailed out, literally cash bailed out. Um, and so all the, the, the tribal members are collecting up money and he wants to have his position in the tribe. So he starts putting out. he's like, I have a family member in deep need and deep distress. Now imagine a sheikh tells you that. This guy clears out his bank and gives and brings him $5,000 and he takes it and he sends it over to that businessman, cousin of his that got in prison. Could you imagine that? So if somebody's like, well, there's no, there's no such thing as spiritual abuse. I'm like, well, what do you, what do you call that? Is that wrong that he's like, you know, um, and even more recently now, his his brother got into a debt to the tune of four hundred thousand dollars U.S. in Mauritania. Let's and see. he wants to raise through his foundation one hundred thousand of that. And I know people who have donated to it. I'm like, I was one of those. I mean,
2: and that, and now see, OK, I'll be completely honest. Yesterday when I was running the how this podcast was going to go through my head i thought it was going to go a different way and then when we sat down and you started sharing this story i was like wait a second i am now on the receiving end of one of these situations not technically spiritual abuse but i now feel obligated because we have a platform and it's like well that website is up and i thought it was legit and i sent it to my own family and they donate Mm -hmm. to it okay
0: so 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 let me ask you this like and i'm not and alhamdulillah i've been doing nonprofit work for over 20 years so i know irs codes and regulation i could say how that, like that scheme, the raising $100,000 to, to bail out his brother 400 is illegal. He's not supposed to be doing it. He could lose his nonprofit status. It could be audited and so forth. But just the, just knowing that, that the, the the director, the founder of a nonprofit is using his foundation and his position as a religious and the trust that people have to raise $100,000 for his brother's business debt that he got into, God knows.
2: Nothing to do with the foundation.
0: Nothing at all.
1: Yeah.
0: Is something wrong with that? Yes, hundred percent. What are we going to call that?
1: Uh, you can say abusive power and abusive power. And the, and yeah, and his abusive power is the spiritual. He's using the religion. It, spiritual He's if, religion. if somebody yeah. wants yeah. to call
0: this spiritual abuse, that <clears throat> basically yeah. the position of trust that he has in people. Because if it was me, if I went to, if I went online and I said my brother went into you yes. know debt four hundred thousand.
2: I mean, this is embezzlement, though. I mean, this, there's a term yeah. for this, right? This is. I don't think we got to call it spiritual abuse in this situation. You're you're misleading your donors. You have a non profit. Every
0: person called it spiritual. Abuse, yeah, which I think it's fair. Would they be fair in calling it? Say, you as a sheikh, use your sheikh position and your trust in the community. He's yeah. have been in the U.S. The, the, I'm the going. one who facilitated his visa to this country. Oh, boy. Yeah. So imagine how I feel.
1: So, Sheikh, <laughs> how, how does one, and so this, maybe this isn't related to a lot of people. This t- t- typical situation, like I'm not, most people don't serve their sheikh in this country. Yeah. Right? We go, we see them at the masjid. But then there are let's there's no doubt there are abuses of power in from some imams. I'm not gonna say a law. Some imams, there's some abuse of power. Okay. How do I call that out though? Because is do I just put make a Facebook post? Sheikh so-and-so abused me in XYZ way. Mm. Is that is that allowed? And I just put it out there and let the world, the blogosphere, be judged or well, executioner? That's an
0: excellent question. I think there's there's two there's two elements. What's the ruling of that? What's the hukum? Like, yes. Is it permissible or not? And then even if it is permissible, if we're going to argue the permissibility strategically is like it doesn't have a benefit. So like in my situation, <clears throat> I could see like I didn't see a benefit in having a, you know, going online and, you know, making a whole
2: blog post and sharing. It like, and
0: let me let me let me talk to people who actually do things. So I just started talking to people, people who were donors, you know, people he uh, he I called up one person and I didn't know this person was an active donor at that time. Uh, I mean, had an active donation, but I was just like, you know. FYI, this is going oh because I found out some other things too as well, and I can talk about those. Basically, um, a sister called up and she said I need to ask for advice, and I rarely take phone calls. I'm gonna you might realize that now. You know, she called me a couple of times, like I. That's just especially you're getting
2: like, no caller ID calls. constantly. <laughs> I'm like, who is here? Just like Star Six Nine Sheikh from. Yeah, going? I don't. I don't
0: pick up my. I don't pick up my phone, and I'm just like you know. That's why the WhatsApp messages and voice notes. I'm like use voice notes, and I'm gonna put it on you know, to speed Tens and just listen yeah. to this real quick. Um, but I don't pick up my phone, but just something. I saw a number come up. I'm like, hmm, okay, you know, might be important. Let me pick it up. Yeah. And so I picked up the the phone call and um, and it was a sister. She said, I need some advice. And I said, okay. She said, you know, I've been proposed for marriage. Which I get those um, advice questions. Somebody's like, okay, what do I do in this situation? Yeah. To be a second wife. I'm like, okay. okay. Cool. Uh, and he doesn't want anybody to know about it. Uh-oh. And not even my family, not even my mother, father, brother, uncles, nobody. And um, and I think you know this person. And at the, as she started talking, I said, oh, I know who you're talking about. So she mentions this shift. Oh, wow. That was my first. So let me back up a little bit even before that. I had actually distanced myself from him because I saw all of the people who were coming to him for studies. And I was like, how can people come to you for studying? And then you put them on this track of like serving you and raising money for your funds. And after two, three, four years, they haven't achieved what a seeker of knowledge, even with your magical feteh and the barakah and the blessing of the Sheikh and serving the sheikh and the Tarbi, all of that stuff. There's no results. Like, I don't have a you know, uh Danielson winning the championship like to like as a metric to say, like, oh, yeah. okay, whatever you did, here's the result. I trust your your it wasn't, I didn't see that. So I started backing away um and then you know things that he was saying to me and then 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 like like it was consistent like over 20 people who had similar interactions that i did they all backed away and when we talked with each other it was like oh yeah that bothered you too that but like it was it was kind of like now we had a support group hi my name is rami and you know i (laughs) so i had backed away and i just said you know what um it's not enough at that point to like it, it's bothersome, and I don't think it's right. And our shiuch in Mauritania don't don't uh, agree with that methodology of what he was using people for. So you
2: went to his his peers. To well, ask. I didn't I
0: didn't go yet. Okay. At that time, but then when this sister called and she said, and I think you know this person, I was like, oh, and my heart was like, is that is that sheikh? And she said, and then she said his name. I was like, okay. And you know, she was also hesitant because I'm well, I was one of his students, and how am I going to react? I was like. Mm listen, at the end of the day, I'm a salty boy and a southern boy. And I'm down for a good fight. <laughs> and I like to stand up for justice or what I perceive as being a just just, just yeah. fight. So I'm like, I'm on it. I started calling people. I started talking to people. I'm like, what is this? And she showed me text message that he had sent her. And when she um, when she at first, because he was actually actively asking her and he had asked her, she asked him to stop. She was a student of his for like 12 years. And she's like, you're my sheikh. Like, I don't feel comfortable with this conversation and I need to, this should go through my dad and, and he was telling her, marry me, don't tell your mom, don't tell your dad Don't and just fly out to California. Well, what do I tell them? This is literally, she has the text messages of this. When I go out to California to see you, what should I tell my family? He's like, tell them you're visiting a friend. He was giving her lines to like, like well, because technically you're not lying and you have friends out here and this. And um, she said, well, you know, asking all these other questions. So then I, I said, okay. Is he still actively te- uh, texting you? Ask him these questions, and it was the kind of questions that I, knowing the dean and also knowing what a wali should be asking for, I started asking her some of those questions. Well, how is nafaqa going to 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 be handled? How is nesab going to be handled if there's a child out of this, you know, mm-hmm. this, this union? Yeah. What about prokuk al walidain? You know, I started asking some hard-hitting questions. What a wali should have done in that situation. And his response was like, "Oh, you don't trust me?" And he wrote out literally, "Ana abuki I am your spiritual father. It would have been more beneficial for you to say, "Amri biyadika if'al Wow, wow. My matter is in your hand. Do whatever you want with me. Now, what would you call that? If so, if somebody were to call that spiritual abuse we we'll let it slide. And, and I asked the wow. sister, I said, I said, if this was any other brother in the community that said these exact lines to you. That's wild. I okay. said, would you have even considered? She's of course not. So she's saying the only reason that I'm even entertaining, like, and she said she was almost about to go through with it. What? Yes. I
1: mean, and she said, because years. she's like, my, she's, yeah. he's
0: my sheikh, he must know what's better for me. And that's a common thing that you hear with some of these other cases, that they're like, because he's the sheikh. So what's going on in that dynamic? Like what are we gonna call that? Like this sister, who for all intents and purposes She
2: actually knows she needs to tell her dad she need he needs yeah. to be her wedding. If it was
0: any other random man in the mess, she would have she would have. Oh, yeah. But because it's the Sheikh, there's a different dynamic. So what are we gonna call that? Are we just gonna be like, well, you know, it's just it's just what it is, you know. It's just no, there's something going on. What are we gonna call that? The guy in um in Chicago, Abdullah Salim, his case, you're familiar with his case? Uh no massaging 16-year-old girls in his office with oil. Whoa. Yeah. No. Uh, um, we, could, we could talk about that. The only reason they went through with that is like, well, he's the chef. He was trying to get the gin out of them. <laughs> what? Yeah. 16-year-old girls? He's- 16. Well, they didn't report it. Otherwise, he would be in prison right now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That that should twi- be. They never came forward. But they they actually, one of those those girls wrote a Wait, so how
2: do we know that it was him? Like, was there an investigation? Like Oh, yeah,
0: he was arrested. There's mugshots on the line. If you type in Abdullah Salim, his mugshots will come up. Okay. Yeah. And one of those girls um wrote out to the ulama list. We could talk about that on, you know, what does it mean to be a Ulama within certain circles? Um <laughs> and you know, he said, Is this appropriate he, this the sheikh is claiming that it's gin extraction that requires a full body. body you know i don't want to even get even more graphic you know with a 16 year old girl who's boarding at your school like the family is trusting you and here you are this white bearded 75 year old hadith instructor 75 yeah Man. 75 or 72 or 80 something like that oh My gosh yeah and they're tr- and so and the responses though some of the people are like, no, that's not right. And some of the people, well, if he's a sheikh and he knows Ruqya, and he thinks that it's, you know, going back to the taking the Miyagi example to the... Nin- no Ruqya with full body
2: oil man. rub.
0: Let's And there's no, oh and there's no other person. There's no parental consent. Like even the doctor and the books of Sharia talk about this. If the male doctor has to be alone with the female, there has to be another person. You can't have Khalwa. Yes. It's like, okay, he can see, he can touch. Who said he can have Khalwa? So... And, and then yeah. one of these yeah. people, I don't want to look straight at you, and you still have not uh, agreed to debate me live. I'm ready to go live debate on this show or any other show. You haven't uh, agreed to debate me. That person, I'm not even going to mention his name, was defending this guy, the yeah, gin yeah, doctor. That's where
1: I heard of
0: it. He was defending I- gin doctor. Interesting. And so these girls, uh, one of them writes the ulama list. Some of them are like, you know, the, the they're like, no, 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 that's not right. Other ones are like, well, no, it's it's um, it's you know, uh, if he's the sheikh and he knows better and how you know. they doing something similar. That's what I want to know. What you, the when hell? you respond so like, that? That yeah. like that? So in that situation,
1: like,
2: wait, guy, this is
0: not this is not okay that I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> <It's good. laughs> if this guy, him using whatever you want to call it, hierarchy, position of trust, whatever, what yeah. he's doing, what are we gonna call that? Because they would not have let. A, a fellow male student do that or their teacher at a school do that. Like, what are we going to call that?
2: OK, it needs it needs a name. I, I digress. Spiritual abuse. OK, that's that's
0: all we're saying. People who use that term, a couple things, that term has been used in American literature for over 100 years and it has a clear definition. Look it up on Wikipedia. It's been used because the church was using it to describe these type of of issues that were happening in the church. What I've described, like, you know, uh, 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 forcing people into service and guilt-tripping them, manipulating them into service, donations for faulty causes, all of that thing, that Charlotte is using the dean for, you know, inappropriate uh, purposes. Um, They called it spiritual abuse. All we're saying is, like, it's not much different than this. Now we can we can differ on the definition, yes. but there is no problem. And then all these people are getting so caught up on the term.
2: Yeah. So this is taking it back to the beginning of the conversation. You're saying don't get held up on the technical term, mm-hmm. but let's the address the core items, issue, yeah. which is you have people in positions of religious authority using their position to either, you know, get money. Or get some sort of sexual favors, mm-hmm. which is like it's one of those two things, or right? any
0: type of abuse. Like we can agree whether it's a police officer or a parent or a teacher or a sheikh or sheikha ustad or whatever, if they do abuse, darar, or if they do oppression, volim. It's all volim at the end of the day. Yeah. That peasant with the killing the neighbor, sheep, and the wazir, that's vulum, right? Yeah. But it's it's peasant and wazir Can we can we qualify it that way? Because if a parent abuses the child, can we call it parental abuse? Can we call it child abuse? Somebody might say, well, don't call that spiritual abuse and don't call that child abuse. It's just abuse in our dean because our dean is like, hold on a second. We can't call that child abuse? Parental, like because we're talking about this as abuse perpetrated by a parent or a teacher or a coach or like, why can't we qualify it? That's my, that's all I'm arguing for.
2: Okay. So it's a qualifier. Mm -hmm.
1: No, That makes sense. Yeah, that
0: makes makes sense. sense. So on one level, we're saying there's just that actual act. Killing the neighbor's sheep, let's analyze that. And then your position. We can analyze that in two separate discussions. Your question earlier, Munir, about what to do, I don't think it's a Facebook post. I think what, what has to happen is that there has to be the codes that are um, developed, each masjid, each community. And the main thing is, is that people have to be concerned. Take it like, um, um, like take concern for it and do something. Start talking, have a committee, talk to other people. Don't brush it under the rug. So what I did is I just started talking to people about that the, the sheikh who was in, the, in those situations. And they made their own decisions. So one person, he, he had just given a 50,000, five zero 0 donation to that organization. 50K? 50K. To pay for his rent, to pay for that the chef's rent, because he doesn't work, he doesn't have a job, he doesn't. I teach always wondered wh- how he got yeah, his money subsidized. Yeah, subsidized fund. And he, um, if you I become was a so donor, <laughs> he's going to be on you. Yeah, I need the money. I minute. it's very, 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 very situ. Is a really? You know, people are. He's he's a hard salesman, hard sale. Um, you so know what I used, person- hmm. I
2: used to think? I used to think, mashallah, he's just getting these blessings from Allah subhanahu wa taala. He's oh, able yeah, to just yeah. sustain. He's flying Baraka. from <laughs> here to here. barakah. <laughs>
0: oh, First God. class too. One brother oh, who yeah. donates to his organization saw him flying on first class. He's like, "What?" He's like, "I work for a, a big tech company in the Bay Area, and they put me on economy, and I don't fly first class." He's like, "How are you flying for? It? Is that where my donations are going?" So I just this one person pulled <sighs> his fifty k donation, and I didn't tell him to do. It. I just like FYI, here it is. I didn't call it spiritual abuse. I was like, "Here is what happened." Yeah, and I have proof, and I talked to multiple people because then I, when I started talking to people. I, I called up, I said, you know, there's a sister, he's doing this. Um, I said, and I'm not against um, um, polygamous marriages. It's in the Quran. It's in the Sunnah. It's in the Sunnah, but there's a way to do it. There is a way to do it. And it's it has definite. to be clear, according to our deen. If it's from the Sunnah, there's a Sunnah way to do it. Okay. So I said, that's not what yeah. I'm arguing. I'm not saying, you know, there's, there's people out there, probably some people who are listening, that they will take more issue with a man taking a second wife than with a man committing zina. For sure.
2: Which is that? That's a joke. You, know,
0: you can have ten girlfriends, but if you have two wives, it's yeah,
2: yeah, game over. Yeah, game yeah. over. Yeah, especially
0: if you're a chef, right? So I said that's not the issue. I said it's he told her, don't tell your parents, don't tell your dad, don't tell your mother. He keep was, it on the DL. Keep on the DL, and and uh, you know she's like, what happens if I come home pregnant? I mean, that's a serious concern. That is right? a serious question. Yeah, uh, and for an Arabi family. That's game over and so then they, they thought i was talking about somebody else they're like oh oh don't worry uh so-and-so she won't speak i was like who's so-and-so and they said this other sister who she got he did get married to her i was like what and it was like are you sure he's like yeah i was one of the shuhud at that wedding i was like okay so then i called up and they said oh yeah now sh- that one she's asking for a divorce and he's refusing to give her the divorce because yeah i'm the sheikh and you you have to listen to me so two months she's playing telephone with the translator because she didn't speak Arabic and he didn't speak English. And she's asking for a divorce after she got into this and she realized this is not a good marriage to be in. Um, she's asking for a divorce. He's like, no, no, no. The day I asked about it, I just said, what's going on? They call back. They said, okay, don't worry, Rami. Uh, no, no need to worry. Uh, the sheikh has, has issued the divorce to that person. I was like, oh, that's interesting. You know? Um, and then, then it was just like more and more people started coming forward. And it was the same MO. He went to one sister uh, who had called him to uh, to make a hospital visit for a family member? And you could you imagine calling the imam, the sheikh, to make a hospital visit? And on the way out, of course, she's like really um, uh, broken up and so forth. He's like, "Is that?" Lo-? Yeah, that's the whole time. Oh wow! We need we need to go on pause.
1: Okay, wait. Is it what time do they pray here?
0: Well, that's just the adhan. That's just the adhan, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So she uh, that uh, that sister, you know. Anyway, needless to say, there was a, he, there was a, he said, oh, you should marry me. Don't, no need to tell your father. And he was friends with her father. Are you serious? Yeah. It's like, if you want to even make this proposition, why can't you talk to the girl's dad? Why are you telling her, oh, you're a grown woman. You can make this decision. You don't need to speak to your father, which in the Maliki school, you do. Um, and um,
2: Maliki school, you do need to talk to the
0: father, yeah, but you don't yeah. need the witnesses. And then even in the Hanafi school that, you, you know, that that, that doesn't and need no the wedding. wedding, you can't. Make your parents angry about a situation, right? You can't do it. So he's doing all of this stuff. And then the guys around him, I went to them before going public. I went to them and, like, look, you guys are his supporters. You're doing do something about this, right? And so then they started dragging my name through the mud, started threatening me with, like, oh, we're going to report you to the FBI, we're going to report you to the CIA, even the Mukhabarat al Urduniya, like the Jordanian secret police. And imagine me going through this, like, and then they threatened me with a lawsuit. One of them was very wealthy. And he said, I'll, 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 I will personally pay $200,000 to take you to court for libel and slander. So then what do I do? I call up a, um, a a person who I know who's a lawyer. And so she walks through it. She's like, yeah, they could take you to court, but there's no, probably no grounds. But you should just brace yourself for an impending lawsuit. So after that, I was like, Okay bring it on where are we starting county state federal what court are we uh, going on It's like i don't know each one of them because i know they didn't have a have a case but i said i would love to get in front of a judge who looks Mm. at this situation and says what so but they never they never brought it on but they they smeared my name all over the place and then finally just last year last summer over here near Southern California he made same thing another proposition to another sister same thing he knows the dad he would stay at their house proposition the sister for a secret second marriage you're an adult you don't need to ask your dad da 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 it threw her for a tailspin. Could you imagine a shit doing that like threw her for a tailspin um and she she you know it was it was it was really difficult for her. she had like a nervous breakdown ended up walking um, on, in the the ocean for like eight miles. <laughs> Yo, like a serious, like somebody's like, well, you know, he just proposes. What if somebody were to come back and is like, well, he just he just suggested something halal. that's according valid, according to one scholar. It's like, you're really going to like break it down to that. So and then some of those people that are around him that were uh, smearing my name. Finally, they're like, oh, we should have believed Rami.
2: (laughs) I mean, yeah, he has disappeared off social media now. I don't see him
0: much anymore. As much, yeah. Well, because yeah. all I did is I, I said, you know what? Even his
2: translator have... is gone. Is he? Oh, I don't. I haven't seen his oh. translator on videos with him anymore. Okay. So. Oh. Uh. So this is, I mean, yeah, this is like big, big sheikh and knowledge, but small time in his reach. So now yeah. when you have, and you just have a handful of these situations. So now I'm trying to think, okay, like if you're Mr. Worldwide Sheikh, and you have yeah. people blowing up your DMs, you know, yeah, that, can, could, that, yeah. that can get real, real yeah. messy. Yeah, it
0: could. And, and we're human beings. He, he didn't start off that way. I know him. He didn't start off that I'm way. sure. But when I then then I finally and I was, you know, and, you know, covering good the faults of your brother and good opinion, all that stuff. But then finally, I was like, look, I'm going to go to our shoe, mutual shoe. And then one of the members of his organization said, Rami, stop talking to people. I said, I'm not telling any lies. I'm just mentioning and I'm not going on social media. I'm just talk, telling telling it Be aware. Make your own decision on whether or not you host him. Uh, donors make your own decision on whether or not but they should a donor has a right to be have, make an informed decision on their donation Right, that's all I'm saying and they said well, what could we get you to do to stop? I said, you know what? I'll, I'll agree to uh, arbitration We go back to our mutual sheikh, one of our sheikh in Mauritania Morabit Muhammad Al-Amin and I said he said you mean if you present everything that you've done and that's happened and he tells you to I said if he tells me to shut up, I'm gonna shut up I was like, let's just see if so-and-so will uh, admit to him. He refused even later he said if our sheikh Murabut al hajj got out of the grave and dusted hit the, the the dust off his body i wouldn't stop what i'm doing cuz i know ana al haq. wow yeah i on the truth he said mm-hmm. uh so then little by little people around him started realizing it's delusion it's like uh narcissism like it's 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 clear and he's in and deep. He's and, yeah deep. and i said i said let's go back to our shiuch. he wouldn't even so the same uquq al and respect of shiyuk, that he's imposing on me He's not, he, he's like, well, what about your share? That's why you
2: falsehood know? has inconsistencies.
0: Yep, has inconsistencies. And, um, and so, you know, when I talk about spiritual abuse, I'm not talking about it from like theoretical level yes. or uh, postmodernist, liberal, feminist, like influence kind of stuff. Like, like, that's not where I'm coming from, buddy. And he knows who I'm talking about. <laughs> um, that's not where I'm coming from. I'm coming from direct experience where I've lived some situation where I was taken advantage of. Where other people I saw taken advantage of. And then I could put it up with it when it was just like, oh, you're asking me for stuff. And I'm a man. I can say no. But when you when you try to manipulate sisters, like mm-hmm. when I was in high school, the suspensions I got usually were standing up for people who were being bullied. And I ended up getting in a fight with the bullies. And I got suspended for it. And so, and I'm not advocating for people to, you know, to go get in, to fights. Go to, get in <laughs> fights in high school and so forth. But that's just my feeling. And so when I saw this person essentially bullying these sisters into a secret marriage.
1: So, Chef, I, I have a question. Because on for us, probably the most common version of this is some type of secret second marriage or some type of, they call it sexual abuse. But we don't, it's usually very generic, mm-hmm. but it's put out there to the public. So my question to you is, when these cases come up, as some guy on the sidelines, whatever else, is it, when I'm, when I'm looking at it, I just want to understand the right way to look at these things. Like from an Islamic viewpoint. Because on one hand, you have the West that says, believe all women. If they report it, they sh- you should believe them and work through it. And it sounds like, like to summarize one thing, then get to the question: If something came to our attention, we take it seriously. You address it as if it's true, but you don't. No one's condemned yet. Mm-hmm. You keep it. You know, everyone's innocent mm-hmm. until someone is proven yeah. guilty. But you take it seriously. But on the other hand, you have. I mean, social media blows these things up. If someone wants to, I mean, actually, some one case I saw was it's Jane Doe. That's mm-hmm. who's making the accusation. Can you have an anonymous accusation? To but then the person being accused is explicit for X Y Z, you know, generic reason, yeah. sexual abuse. Oh, is that a, is that allowed? Like, from- well,
0: I, I mean, you're you're bringing a, a very important um, um, question up, and it does come up in this situation. Like, how do we handle testimony? How do we handle exactly. witnesses? What do we do with that? That's what the procedural. That What's the procedure? Yeah, right? and. This is also going back to how our sharia is defined. We have a lot of definitions, right, of who is an acceptable witness, what is acceptable as circumstantial evidence, uh, qareenatul ahwal, when can you accept a non-just witness, you know, all of these things have been clearly laid out. That's for a court of law.
2: But Mm -hmm. Sheikh, okay, I know you, and I know you've studied, and the way you articulate things, I trust you as a Muslim with your knowledge that you can say like this is, Correct or not correct, sharia wise, mm-hmm. right? But I'm gonna be explicit. Like some of these people that run these organizations, like Face, right? I look at their Facebook posts. I look at their, you know, what they've accomplished, and I'm like, I don't think you know what you're talking about when it comes to the dean. I really don't, right? It, it's some of you are open in your in your beliefs and you believe in things that are haram, right? So how am I supposed to take whatever you say as truth? I, I just I don't think I, th- I don't think I can and that's I think that's my biggest issue it's not that I think that oh these scholars or whatever everyone is you have to treat them with respect and there's no such thing as spiritual abuse okay the people are doing something wrong but why is it that the people that are quote on like they're, they're investigating them or criticizing them like you are also committing oh is that that's yeah then okay we need it oh okay, Akama that's the comma. Right okay yeah okay right. we come back or if you gotta go no no I'll come back we'll come back again. okay all right, right. Welcome back. We took a little prayer break. A lot of breaks today. I'm not sure. was a yeah. long, that's a long going podcast. I've been going for like three, parts. Part hours. three, part four. Part three, part four. Yeah. I have no idea at this point.
1: Uh, this one, we were, <laughs> we were talking about
2: spiritual abuse and uh, organizations and how
0: they handle things and how we handle the process. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I was talking about faith. testimonies and so forth. Yeah. And <clears throat> I,
2: I was saying how, um, how you, know, you don't
0: necessarily trust an organization. If you don't know who they are, what they've studied, what is their process? I mean not just that. I mean I'll, okay, even if or I why even if I trust I, them. Even if I, mean, I trust their no.
2: process, if they're out there saying you know LGBTQ is good in the hood, well then I don't trust you when you make an act, you make a make a claim about someone mm. who is an you Islamic know committing claim. an yeah. Islamic claim and you you're accusing him of sexual misconduct. Yeah. Then it's like, well, you know, you you're, LGBT you, is sexual misconduct. Yeah, is sexual m. M. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's my issue. Plus, so I trust you cuz I know you and you yeah. know your stuff, but like someone like Face, it's like, okay, well, that, mm. that's a big no-no for me. Um, and the sheikh that we're speaking about, I, I didn't even know this stuff was happening. Yeah. But I will attest to this. He's definitely disappeared off social media. I don't see his stuff popping up anymore. I'm not getting as pinged as often. Email listing certain things. You know, when, you, when you're up there doing stuff,
1: his, his machine yeah. is going. It's not going because anymore. Because more and
0: more people are falling off as they realize, oh, wow. Like the, the, the canary in the gold mine, so to speak, or the canary in the mine, people who were giving us early warning flags like oh they were telling the truth so then as people like Mm -hmm. realize that then they start moving away
2: but see this happened here without big you know this happened without a big drama without a big facebook event that you know overtakes muslim twitter for the next two weekends um and you know don't you don't have the outcries of spiritual abuse and patriarchy this and sheikh that no it just happened it was clean and it was done so
0: i'm saying there wasn't a spectacle made out of it i I think that's that's one of the key things. is like what is a spectacle what is the process people need to trust things. and at the end of the day you know this is what i found from my personal experience it's like okay i shared this with you you know this is the first time we're meeting in person we've had interactions Mm -hmm. before online you know phone calls text messages you know you helped us out at teva set up our podcast you know material we still haven't got up and running yet, but we really thank you for all that advice. It's the but same mixer, know. by the way. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So that's what it's going to look like. All exactly. Right. Um, and, but when I mentioned to you, oh, this person, you know, what is what is your reaction? Your reaction is like, okay, I, you know, I don't know. Are you going to say, hmm, well, maybe, maybe Rami's making this up? Maybe he's lying. Is he a just witness? There's a lot of processes that went through on your end, mm-hmm. on whether or not you accepted my testimony or not as I shared this. And then what are you going to do after that? And so a couple of things. At the end of the day, it's really an individual. It's individuals knowing individuals. And it should be local and, and trusted. So whether we use, let's use two other debates that occur in the Muslim community. Halal, hand slaughter, chicken, or meat. How do we certify that? Whose witness do we take? What organization do we go with? You know, there's some organizations, they come and they say, um, yeah, I need to put my stamp on it. Otherwise, if it's not stamped, it's don't consider it halal. Other people, like for me, if I go into a place and they're a Muslim and they're saying it's halal, and I ask them, hey, is it hand slaughtered or is it machine slaughtered? Um, and as a consumer, I have the right to know which one and then let me make the choice. You know, it's like, well, everything's halal. No, tell me, is it machine slaughtered halal or hand slaughtered halal, like which kind? Then at that point, I can say, all right, you're giving me your testimony as the owner or the manager or the worker of what type of meat this is Then I can make my informed decision On what I want to do with this Buy this meat, eat this meat, refuse to eat it Let me make that decision But
2: you trust him when he says <clears throat> You trust the owner when I him. trust,
0: yeah And just based on kind of like a gut feeling Look around, you know And even if like yesterday I went into a place And he's got liquor there At the store And he's got halal fried chicken I asked, I was like is like it, it says halal on it It's like hand slaughtered, yeah Even though he's selling liquor I could say, well If you have the The the, the ability in your store to sell liquor, then maybe your meat's not halal. But even in the sharia, like when the fuqaha discuss things, it's like you can have a person whose testimony may not be accepted on one thing, but could be on another thing. Like, do I have reason to doubt, doubt about him lying about the chicken? In that scenario, I didn't. I don't. Could I, and could I be warned to say, well, if, you're, if, you, if you can sell liquor, then maybe you can, you know. Maybe it's not halal at all. Hmm? Maybe, maybe it's not. not. And if somebody were to come in and say, you know what? I don't want to buy that chicken because it's liquor. Say, that, that's your choice and you have the right for that. Yeah. You know, and so if somebody comes with a testimony like what I shared with you, I said, you know, Sheikh so-and-so did this. And you accept it, but Munir, you're like, you know what? As much as I trust you, uh, Rami, I need something more. I was like, that's fine. And then you're going to make your decision. But the thing is, to-
2: you you have proof. And I know if I ask <clears throat> you, you'll show me.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what if I didn't have the text message? What if, what if it was just merely, I, I can attest to you and I can say, Wallahi, I spoke to one two three and i know of a fourth sister like i spoke to them
2: i'm not i'm not i'm not qualified to make an opinion on that like i mean i'll be completely honest this is this is goes to a question we asked before the podcast right which is is it just about gaining justice or is it about following the process Mm -hmm. right so you know if if it's just like oh sheikh rami comes up to me like i'm you know maybe be careful of this sheikh this is XYZ's happen. You're telling me personally, you're giving me nasiha. Yeah. And, you know, maybe this does align with my own experiences. And it's like, okay, maybe I can put two and two together and think that, like, okay, and you test the waters with this individual and you're like, you're getting pushed back and you're like, okay, you know what? Sheikh Rami's got, he's right. There's yeah, corroborating, there's corroborating, yeah. yeah, with my own personal experience. But if it's just something that's out there on Facebook, yeah. They don't know me. That's I don't know who Sheikh Rami is. Yeah. I don't know this other Sheikh. And this Sheikh studied with Sheikh. Yeah, or yeah. sorry, this uh, Sheikh—I'm uh, gonna edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> oh. This Sheikh studied with Sheikh Murabit al hajj You know, like, wow. Yeah. Oh, oh, who's Sheikh Rami, right? So, and, and in that point, it's like it gets lost because yeah. who's the who's the authority here that can make uh, you? You become the authority.
0: Yeah, and in that situation, it was it was like a lot of power that I was wielding to where I could call up people and get them disinvited from masajid, get donors to stop. Like there was a lot of power, and so. Could I have abused that situation? Could it have gotten to become mm-hmm. like personal vendetta? Could I use it, you know, to just vent frustration? Yeah. And so I think, you know, optimally there should be at least a committee just like we have the Hilal citing committees that get together. And there's something to be said. This is a quote that I heard and I, I heard it and I looked into it. It's from Imam Ali. Kedru al-jama'ati khayrun min Kedr al is the murkiness or the muddledness of the group, the jama'ah, is better than safw al Firqa, than the clear water of the Firqa of like the, the lone group. So what that's, what that, and, and I looked at like what some of the ulama have said about this, because sometimes people misuse this and they're like, you know, as long as we have a group of people... That's better than, you know, even if you have scholars or ulama saying they're on the, there's only five of them, there's 500 of us. That's not what it's talking about. It's mm-hmm. not saying 500 of the ignorant people's opinion is better than five of the scholars. That's not what it's talking about. No. But what it's talking about is that there is something to be said about the jama'ah. We also know the hadith, you know, a uh, lot of hadith that says, stay with the jama'ah, stay with the jama'ah. Because innately within our human mm-hmm. interactions, there's some checks and balances. There's pushback. Mm-hmm. And that's a sign of Allah that He has put in the dunya, and He manifests it through us. So, la or in another riwayah of that قراءة, another qira'ah, la bi ba'd, If it were not for people pushing back, literally, النا, like that, that Allah is pushing back, but using the people, and we use the term pushback, right? Yeah. So Allah is saying, if it were not for pushback, the, the lands would have become corrupt. So mm. that pushback, that human pushback,
2: checks and, balances.
0: checks and balances. And whenever you push that away, you're like, oh, you know, people pull the Edeb card. That's bad Edib. That's Su'udhan. That's, you know, all of these cards like that's having a negative opinion. That's not having etiquette. They put all these cards that really um, kills the that that ability of, of, of that from happening. Um, I have a friend of mine, good friend of mine, who was a refugee from Syria. And imagine he left Syria. He saw... The atrocities. Of, the atrocities. And he came here and he, he attended a local um, uh, a school district for mm-hmm. his schools. that His kids are in public school. And they were talking about um, they wanted to make some significant changes to the sex ed curriculum. And they opened the mic for parents to come and talk. And he said they let every single parent talk and they stayed there till one thirty in the morning, in the morning. And he's coming from Syria where he sees the government does not care about what it, people. And he said, this is just one point on whether or not we we add, you know, these couple of points into the sex ed curriculum for fifth and sixth graders, like very getting very specific. And they ended up going with what the parents wanted. And if it wasn't for the parents who didn't agree with that showing up at that meeting, it would have gone into the curriculum. And so he, for him, he said he saw that was like, a lived experience of tafsir of لَوْ la fasadat al Now, we could go to those people and say, well, they're not Muslim, you know, or they're not, they don't know the sharia. And on the one hand, yes. But on the other hand, we are agreed in common about like what we're talking about here. And it was that human pushback that allowed for that. So whenever you see a system, whether it's a masjid or a company or a family that does not allow for pushback, there's problems there. Mm-hmm. Like that human pushback, that's something Allah is so, that's a sign of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So even families. Even in families. Yeah, there has to be pushback. If a parent does not allow their his son or daughter to push back and sometimes say, you know what? You're right. You know what? Thank you. And there's not that relationship. There's something wrong in that family. If there's no pushback husband and wife, you know, there's something wrong in that relationship. It needs to be addressed. Mm. So pushback is very important. It's not like push over, yes. right? Knock them down. It's just like, well, I, I don't I don't agree. Um, one of the trainings that I'm going in through right now, it's uh, about um, uh, the, the practice of dialogue. And sometimes people say dialogue and they just say, oh, let's have a conversation. No, there's actually people who have studied the systems like successful conversations okay. versus unsuccessful, successful family systems, business systems. And then they, they've codified it down into a science of like, what is a healthy interaction and what is the science behind interactions? And it's, it's very, very fascinating. Um, and one of the things is that in that pushback, in that what they call a respectful oppose, there's three elements in that respectful oppose. You actually have to hear out and, and articulate to that person what you've heard, explain why you don't agree with it, and then, uh, then pr- 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 present your alternate uh, solution. solution or opinion. And then that person, if they're going to respectfully oppose that, they have to do the same three things. And it's it's it to me, it changed the dynamic even when I oppose. You don't even tell a person, oh, I hear you. That's not enough. You actually have to summarize it, paraphrase what they've said, give some reflections on what they've said, and then give your oppose. And it changes the dynamic. So actually, um, can I add to that? Um,
2: this was actually uh, Jordan Peterson said something like that. I, I watched one of his videos a long time ago about like one of the best Relationship advices or whatever. This is like early on when I was getting married. Walking out of the room. No, if you have a if you have an An argument,
0: yeah. No, I know. I put it in one of my books. Oh, you did in a footnote, yeah. But go ahead.
2: (laughs) Okay. If you're having a discussion or an argument and you're trying to reach a conclusion, uh, and my wife and I we use this. You know, I will repeat to her in my own words what she's saying, and she needs to agree. To what i'm saying like
0: but she understands she understands yeah. so
2: i repeat back to her in her in my own words what she says and she says okay we're on the same page yeah and that's how her and i both know okay now we're talking on the same level yeah because if not then it's just like we're talking over each other exactly yeah and that and comes sorry, back to defining the terms
0: yeah but uh, i had put in something else that he had uh, okay. said in and he says if the if it gets too heated allow yourself some space to 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 walk out and, and say you know it's like you're not running away from the conversation it's just like i need some time to cool down yes. so that we can come back so that we can have that respectful oppose and it's interesting he says that you know you you, know, you, you mentioned that amr because it goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of istirah yes cuz if your wife says you know, you're saying A and she says B and you're like, no, A and B, A, B. And they're like, hold on a second. What are you actually trying to say? Yeah. Well, OK, so let's call that C. And I'm saying the same thing. So we're actually we're saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. Or I don't have an issue with that. So that's why it's really important to just like be able to sit at the table and, and, and get down to the heart of things.
2: No. And that's something we're constantly thinking about because we have speakers coming in here and it's like we don't want to just talk about whatever. We want to have a yeah, meaningful dialogue. And, so, you know, if
0: I can, one of the things about in that dialogue, if you drew like a, um, a square mm-hmm. right? and so in that first and you have one, two, three and four. And to get to that meaningful dialogue what some yeah. of the people, they call it generative dialogue, that something new comes out for both of us. Um, you The way you go through it is that the first one in that first, which is mostly courtesy, it's just a move and a move. You make a move. Oh, that's nice. And I make a move. I say something. and And we're not really pushing back. When we move into quadrant two, then the pushback happens. Mm. But if it's disrespectful, it spirals downward, and then you know, people yelling match, yelling match, and then it could. The only way it's gonna then it just keeps there. There's no. There's nothing gonna come out of that. In fact, what they found is that, and this is through research. They took some hardcore Democrats, hardcore uh, Republicans, showed them contradictory statements of their. Um, Their nominee, their presidential nominee, this was back in 2004, and they showed them how contradictory their own nominee was in their statements. They gave excuses, they gave wheels, right, to everything that person said, and they actually came out of that more entrenched in their opinions, SubhanAllah. So what? that's what happens when you have like Jidal. And we have a lot of hadith where the Prophet ﷺ said, don't get into Jidal. No. Don't argue and debate. Mira, like debate. And it's 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 toxic and it'll get people more entrenched. So it'll downwardly spiral, make more problems. The only way it can come back is when they come courteous and then it's move, move. Oh, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Yes, the weather's nice. You know, so there's nothing really... But once we get into quadrant two, if we can have that respectful oppose, and we actually hear people, and then there's two other there's things healthy
2: thing. debate and unhealthy debate, there's,
0: and it's not we're not even going to call it debate. It's a, they call it dialogue. They said there's a difference between debate and even discussions, and discussion comes from the same thing like percussion, which means to hit. And a lot of people in their conversations, they're just they're playing ting, ping pong matches, or they call it re, wait and reload. Hmm. And so you're just like. All right, this is what I want to say, you know, so you're not even given the you're not you you're have not to listening. suspend your own beliefs, your own hardcore entrenched beliefs about a matter, religious or otherwise, dean opinions, whatever it might be. Listen to what a person has. And then now we can have those respectful opposes. And then to make it even healthier, we need to have other people who follow if they agree and by yeah. standards, people who will actually point out what's going on. And then we can move into quadrant three, which is like uh, becomes the generative dialogue. Sure. how do we even
1: Now i have, I have a question about because and maybe this is going to be the last topic for me i don't have to listen <laughs> okay because uh, you, right? you got some pushback right yeah, yeah, some pushback yeah take. <laughs> in terms of account holding them accountable so someone is uh, guilty of whatever charges xyz thing they're in leadership and they abuse that power somehow it could be severely not so severely so i have a couple examples from the Seattle of the process i send them that i, I want to awesome. just lay out there and then maybe help you can help me contextualize them and how mm-hmm. we can apply those today. And it's about how we hold people at uh, higher levels of authority to different standards. So one is at Fatima Mecca. Uh, so when the Muslims came in at the end of the Sirah and they took over Mecca and well, it was a mostly Buddhist takeover, there was one man, a sahaba by the name of uh, Sa'd ibn Uba'dah who said, this is Yom al this is yeah. a day of like, you know, destruction blood or whatever. And Butchery. Ab- yeah, Abu Sufyan he heard this. I don't know if he was Muslim at the time. He wasn't. Though. So he goes to the Prophet and says, you got some guy coming in and saying, this is a day of butchering. And he said, he said that? Okay, this guy, he's pulled him out of his leadership position. So there was a immediate accountability for this man. But then on the other hand, you have another incident in the Prophet when they're about to get I to Mecca. So. They haven't gotten there yet. And the sahaba's name was Hatab ibn Balta, I think. Uh, he's the one who sent his letter, the letter ahead to his family. Mm-hmm. He's saying, look, at, the Muslims are coming in, but like protect my family. Because we're about to take over this place. And they got word, they intercepted this letter, they brought it back, and they said, you know, this is this is treason. Oman um, al khattab was yeah. like, should I, should I take care of this guy? And he said, Well, you know, he's he fought in Badr. so he's forgiven. Uh, and you know, nothing actually happened. So we'll, we'll let it They, cut, they intercepted the because message. Because they intercepted the message. So they didn't actually t- do anything. But on one hand, the other guy he he just said words, they didn't actually butcher anyone, they said something, but he was immediately taken care of. The other one they're both Sahabi, one, maybe a higher level. He fought in Badr, so he was forgiven and let go. So could you? How, how do I contextualize? Yeah, they're both at very high levels of authority, but mm-hmm. where where do we hold them to that accountability?
0: Mm, good question. Um, well, right off the bat, what, one of the things I would say is that when we look at examples from the seerah, we have to also remember that we don't take laws or rulings from the sirah. We mm. take that from our sharia, from our books, uh, because A, that story... Uh, Certain things have been allowed or made their way into the seerah literature that don't hold up to the same rigorous standard of even the hadith. And then even if we have that rigorous standard um, uh, that we've sifted through the hadith literature, and by I say we, not me, but the scholars of the past, the muhadithin, then once we have that hadith, how do we use it? How do we apply it? And that's where the mujtahideen come in. So that's another thing that I would say is that we can't really, we read the seerah definitely for moral direction and to kind of like get these questions like that. For example, I never thought about it the way you're presenting it to me. So now I'm going to go back and I'm going to say, okay, what, what could have been happening? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and how did he apply that? But then we look to our sharia, the codified rulings of what do you do in certain situations and what is allowed for a person. And then at the end of the day, our lives are so complex. There's not a textbook, if this, then that, for every single situation. There's a certain level where that person has to make his ijtihad. Mm-hmm. He has to say, mm-hmm. he or she has to say in this situation, This is what I'm going to do. You know, I hear what the scholars are saying. I hear what the testimonies are saying. What I'm going to do. We can take many examples. Ramadan. When do we start it? When do we end it? Some people, they're okay. They hear their local masjid. Local masjid made the announcement. There, I'm going to take that. Other people, no, I need to speak to that person who saw the moon, right? Then they they go to that level. And if I don't speak to that person, because I don't trust anybody's narration. Everybody, and then there's everybody in between. People who trust the committees, committees who don't trust other committees. People who who just Google. People who just, yeah just Google, Google it. Google yeah. or like some of those pictures of like the minions holding up a, a, a hilal in front of the telescope. <laughs> you know, everybody's going to have their own internal um, D- dialogue with it, dialogue and checks and balances. Um, so I think what, what 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 stories like that can do is help us in those situations where you know between the lines like okay well what do we do in this situation? Well mm-hmm. here in this seat we have this. We also have this Sharia ruling. Now we need to make a decision. Do we fire this employee? Do mm-hmm. we hire this employee? Do we tell them you can never work in a dean position again? Like, are they debarred? Like, a lawyer would yeah, be can debarred. Be like,
1: can we cancel? I mean, that, that seems to be like... Cancel culture. Yeah, yeah like, straight up. All right, well, you, you can never be... You can never teach a how to Is that... Is it allowed? I mean, I'm, I'm genuinely asking because on one hand, I can see that. Like, all right, you abuse this position of responsibility and, like, you're just not fit for it. Like, all right, we cannot... But on the other hand, I mean, there's Toba, there's... You can come back, mm-hmm. we can bounce. We, we don't back, believe yeah. in like full cancelling in a stem, right? Yeah. So to speak.
2: And Sheikh I mean, this comes also from your work with Teba. Oh, prisoners. The, yeah. yeah I mean, these people I, that... Are,
0: I work with some people who have done some heinous things. And yeah. that's... I mean, murder. You told this one of the guys. Murder. Oh, child a, abuse. Yeah. Man, it's, but they turned their life around. Rape, you know, like, yeah. Or what if they didn't, haven't turned their life? How do you re That's a big question. And there are organizations, you know, that do work. And I have one of their books. It's a manual. Uh, it was a lady who, who developed a whole... She has, actually has a whole... Um, nonprofit okay. um, holding houses of worship to accountability, and it's it's prevention, intervention, and postvention, and it's ans, uh, answering uh, you know some of these things. Two areas that I've looked into is how the Methodists in this country deal with things. You know, everybody's talking about Sharia courts, Sharia courts. The Methodists are so intriguing to me because they have a book that's that's over a thousand pages long. That it's is their code for their courts that they run in in in, in their churches. Complete with judges, lawyers, defense, prosecutors, juries, witnesses, everything. For all intents and purposes, it is a trial. But it's whether or not they're going to get excommunicated from the church. Whether or not they're going to be you know, held accountable. And they have a detailed code book. So it doesn't contradict civil or criminal law in this country. But it's like, look, you're a private organization. You can say whether or not this person is going to be excommunicated from your church. And we person. don't have anything like that. We this. don't have anything. But I've, I've done a lot of personal research just look, looking in of the thoughts. I know there's other people that are out there. There are people that have talked about it. I've spoken with some people. We haven't taken the next level of kind of like made those committees, but I know exactly what's going to happen. The same thing with the halal committees, the hilal committees, um, is that once you do all that and you have all the checks and balances, people are going to be like, well, we don't trust them. You know why? Because
2: anyone else can go make their own committee and just say, oh, well, we did our own investigation. Yeah. And we found out your
0: investigation's farce. And they and you know what I would say for the consumer, just be transparent. So if I have a committee and I like, for example, there was a case um, you mentioned. Uh, you mentioned Face. I'm not affiliated with that organization. I don't know the inner workings of how they do all of their inv- investigations, but I do know that one of their um, uh, cases that they uh, presented about an imam in Arizona. They did a lot of investigation. They spoke to a lot of people. They collected a lot of evidence. But then the Imam Committee within Arizona, once they saw, and this was some pretty foul things, some foul things. It's it's on their website. I'm not going to repeat it online, but if a person just wants, you know, make it, just read, so it's the Imam in Arizona. The Imam Council in Arizona, they said, oh, we're going to disregard this and he can be an Imam. Okay, you made that decision, let the public know. Just let the public Mm. say, this is what faith said, this is what we say, and let them make their decision because if 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 I stand up to pray, do you have to pray behind me, Amr? Do I have to? If I start, if I start Jama'ah right in here in the room, I say Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. I start no, jama'ah. You, don't, you don't. And and could I force you to? No, Could no. I get mad at you? I could have my opinion. Like I don't, uh, you know. You you're, do whatever you want, do, I, It's a free <laughs> country, man. And there's a lot of things in our Sharia that that have that sentiment. It's a free country. Just look. This is what this Imam. This is what he studied. This and make your own decision, and let that let let freedom ring Let people make their own decisions
2: they, okay but that comes back to my point like it, you at that point you're accepting that face is an authority to talk about this to make an investigation that, that what, i'm what trying I'm to saying, I'm, what i'm saying we're, is cuz you Dubai, and i we're not agreeing on we're not agreeing on the terms right now because you in, like in this, this in this situation you you are you're saying you're not affiliated
0: with face but that report you, you found it believable. I didn't say I found it believable. You remember Arsenio Hall? No. There was a show in the 90s, Arsenio Hall. He had an Arsenio Hall show and he, he had a section called things that make you go, hmm. Oh, okay. And so, so now if somebody comes to me and says, I've done an investigation and I've spoken to multiple people and I have their testimonies and I have written testimonies and I have all this stuff, I'm not going to discount it. I'm going to look at it and say, hmm, now what I'm, what's my decision going to be? Let me take it to another example. Earlier, you were talking about Megan's Law, that you look up in your neighborhood, Megan's Law, and I think everybody should. Yes. Look, who's, who are res- registered sex offenders in your area? Yes. W- would you make a decision based on that?
2: Yes, because I trust the court. I have to, at the end, at the end of the kuffar. day, I, I know, but at the end of the day, you need, to anchor, you need to anchor your belief in whatever you're doing. You need to anchor your decision in something. So, yes, they're kuffar, but... And, who, and there's innocent people there.
0: There could be innocent people.
2: There could be innocent people. There could be. Yeah. But I mean, if if you apply, a, you know, you could say maybe 10% of people are innocent and they're able to catch most. But there's a bunch of innocent people there. But you could look up the cases for every yeah. person. And one of them is like, it'll say indecent exposure. You're like, okay, I don't, I don't got to worry about this guy. But one guy, it's like multiple report, like multiple arrests for aggravated sexual assault. You're like, yeah. you know what? There's a few of these clowns around here. Obviously, something's not right. Right? Um, you can make an educated decision. Yeah. But that's at the end of the day, I don't know who that person is. It's like a locale thing. And I'm like, all right, this is a good area, bad area. I'm not condemning this person or canceling this person.
0: So I would you would you allow your children to play in his front yard? No. Would you allow him to be uh, a coach for your kids? You canceled him at that level. By 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 putting by putting a hukum on a person by saying he's a registered sex offender, I'm not saying he did it. I'm just saying he's a registered sex offender. You've just put a by hukum I mean a label. You've you've put a label says he is in the Magos law database, and that's going to inform my decision at some level.
2: Yes, it is. But the judges, the judges, the police chief, the people working these cases—they're people that you appoint. I vote for these people in my locale. Could there be corruption in that system? Of course, there could be corruption in any system, but at least there's some sort of pushback. But if you have face, there is no pushback. Those are just self-appointed vigilantes. So, that, that and that's the, that's the way I see it. I'm, I'm, they could be, there. There's of course, they have good intentions. Right? I don't think anyone just takes it to go smear the name of somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just can't, if you're advocating for immorality in your own personal life, and at the same time, you want to call people out on their own immorality... I cannot get behind that, period. That that that's and that that that's just, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe my, my thinking is not fully developed, but I just have a real hard time swallowing that. I'm like in Sheikh's clothing, it's Danish, right? It's he's he's uh, you know, he studied he studied in Mauritania. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, you know, what? at least this guy has a, a Muslim framework if he's gonna talk about some sort of sexual immorality. But if it's face and it's just like these guys are not, then I I have a hard time trusting these reports. You're a bunch of lawyers. Yeah, there's a bunch of lawyers out there. Okay,
1: I know. maybe the, the idea is for the sex offender or whatever else, these kufav these systems, that, that's one area. But when you want to call someone out based on Islam, that's because there's for a lot of these cases, yeah. I mean, let's be honest, Like, like an a, if an, an <clears throat> imam abuses his power, they're not actually doing anything illegal a lot of these times. Like yeah. Necessarily, You can't take them to court for anything because they haven't done anything illegal. So they're trying to hold them to an Islamic standard which doesn't exist in these court courts. You. Okay. So that that's so where that's, is. Probably is that, that's my so issue. So in
0: the Megan's Law situation, they have a they they define what is considered sexual abuse and you know that. Yeah. And you're saying your system which is a is a is a secular civil or criminal law that defines sexual abuse in a certain way and I can see what that is and I know your process of Prosecution, even though I know there's corrupt prosecutors, corrupt yep. judges, corrupt, but by and large, there's some semblance of checks and balances. You can go and
2: find the you can go find the exact court transcript. Court
0: transcript. You can yeah. find all that. And yes. you and they're going through a, a specific system. Yes. Um and so I know what that system is. I don't agree with that complete system, but I just know what framework they're working yes. on. Yes. But if somebody were to come and say, We are now going to start a Megan's Law defined uh, and defining Islamic sexual abuse, things that there might not go. be illegal. Yes. Then now you're going to hold them to a standard saying, what is your scholarship? Who are the people behind you? Yes. What can do that? Okay. Yeah. Exactly. So, so this is part of the dialogue. Yeah. I see there what you're yeah. saying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. You're going to tell me, oh yeah, you know, LGBTQ is good in the hood. And all of a sudden this imam is, he got married a second time and it was a secret marriage. And yeah. you're not defining secret marriage and secret marriage is, I mean, we, we defined it. Yeah. We talked about it but they didn't. So yeah. that's, that's, the, and that's my sticking point. Um, and I don't, I'm not a fan of vigilantism in any form. Uh, I don't know what the, sh- you know, is, right? Yeah. No, there's uh, no vigilant. There yeah. has to be checks and balances. Yeah. And, you know, so, uh,
0: yeah. And that's, yeah. yeah. Well, what, one of the things that I, I think has to be brought into the discussion is defining testimonies. Mm-hmm. Who can bring a testimony and what do we do With that testimony Because there's certain testimonies Like if I'll give you an example From what I What I experienced Okay So there These sisters who came forward With these secret Second marriage proposals And one of them Actually did get married And, the other, and they were being Coerced into it Like he did not Leave them alone I have I the testimony. You messages. saw the messages yeah. Yes And so But when I talked To other people And they said Well you know According to the Hanafi school uh, Marriage without a, a Wali is um, And I said You're an Arabi man And it's not even Just Arab or non-Arab non Like go to an Arabi father And try telling him that What's going to happen, right? And I actually asked one of the sisters, I said, if, um, uh, I said, if, and this is the other thing he said, too. He said, he said well, their walis don't know what's best for them, so they're like null and void. I said, I asked one of the sisters, I said, if, if, if your father heard this, she said he would be livid. Now, he's not a scholar. He's not known to be the most righteous person. But he is a, a, a hardworking Muslim man of Arab descent who's proud of his family, who dedicate a lot to his family. He knows what's good for his daughter and what's not good for his daughter, right? At least to where he can like, give some input on a marriage decision. But for another person to come in and just completely wipe it off, that, that's insulting at one level, to say the least. But when I presented this situation to some other people, it is arrogant, very arrogant. Uh, they said, oh, we need to speak with the sisters. I said, why? I said, they're actually very embarrassed that their names would get out. And, and they're actually ashamed of what happened to them, which kind of also talks about, like, they didn't do anything. They just got proposed to, and they're ashamed that this 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 would get out, which kind of, like, shows you as well the complexities of what happens when this person does that. And then when one of them said, sorry, I can't take this proposal, he said, don't worry, you know, let's do and alaiki. I'm not mad at you. I'm still your sheikh, and I'm not mad at you, because you got to be, you know, the implicit the implicit message is like, beware of ghadab al-sheikh, beware of the anger of the sheikh. So, oh. you know, don't worry, I'm not mad that you denied my proposal. Um, but when I went to other people, I said, we need to speak to these sisters directly. I said, they don't want to talk to other people. And I said, look at, and they said, well, we can't do anything with that testimony. And I said to myself, if I went and I said, I saw the moon, would you accept that testimony from me without like even having seen the a picture or anything? They said, yeah. And with one more testimony, what? got our fast i said so when i bring you it's called shahada to naql it's actually mentioned and you know like it's yeah, yeah, yeah. you know where you're t- you're you're basically like a um a court recorder yeah. type like Documents. i didn't say this doc yeah. i said all i'm doing is saying what she said but you're not going to get anything more and she doesn't want to talk to anybody else um that's one thing to consider is like the whole process of the shahada because a of lot course. of the discussions that's happening even people who have studied the sharia like that school in chicago that i talked about a lot of those people on that list were sharia trained, but when it got down to it, some of them were saying, oh, you can't make these accusations because you don't have four witnesses. And I said, hold on, guys. Ulama, the four witnesses is only for one specific thing. We're not We're talking not about talking accusations Zinna. of touching. Everything else besides that one specific act. Zina is
2: the only one. Zina
0: is where you need the four and witnesses. Uh, yeah. Everything else, we I, I could come to and say clear. he was he he was you know whatever fondling or touching or kissing or whatever. That's oh, where's a, your four witnesses? I don't need four witnesses. That's for penetrative zina. That's, Zinna. that's Zinna. 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 like that's, that's it. It. let's say it. Yeah. And that's for a court of law. I mean, if I came to you and I said I said you know I saw I saw your uh, I saw your local imam walk into a strip club. That's all. I just, I just mentioned that to you. You don't have to do anything based on that. It's not a court of law. But if you know me and you trust me and you trust that I'm not a liar and I'm not vindictive and making up things, you're going to like, hmm, I'm going to keep that in mind. And maybe, maybe I won't pray behind him. But That's your choice to make. And so what I think ha- has to happen is just like things need to be laid out. And if a person wants that position of being an imam of a community or a teacher in a community, realize you're going to be held to a higher standard.
2: As with any leadership position. As with yeah. any leadership even in business management, it's all the same. The higher up you get, the more your little mistake matters. And yeah. that's just a part of life. I don't think that's... Uh, um.
0: So what I would challenge the listeners to do, is and again, I'm not endorsing any, um, any You're organization. You're not endorsing any organization. But I'm saying it's available on the website. Read one of those and then just make your own decision. Would you let your children study with this person? And then ask yourself, if you say no, say, why am I saying no? Or why am I hesitating? And if I'm not hesitating, why is that? And just... Have that self-dialogue.
2: No, I will. Uh, of course, I'm, I'm not going to let my... If I read one of these... Rep- if someone's name shows up here, yeah, I'm going to be 100% hesitant. And that's just an automatic defense mechanism. I don't even have to read the report. I'd be like, well... And I, I don't know if that's... You're like, just guilt by association or, you know, your name pops up here, you're automatically guilty. And um, even if I read... I mean, I don't know. Sorry, I'm, I'm talking in circles here. But... Because this is the emotional aspect of it, right? I'm not going to trust my kid with you, mm-hmm. but then there's like the the rational part of me, which is like, well, did I trust what I would I trust this process? Do I did I trust would I trust this process if it was applied to me? Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, what if I was on the receiving end of that? Would that be fair to me? Yeah. And if, for people to judge oh, me scary. like that, yeah, it is scary, right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not in any position of any power, but
1: that.
0: Um. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's an it's something emerging in our community we don't have it developed you know like even no. in, in in muslim countries you go to you know back home so so they so, you know so yeah speak. um and if an imam or a sheikh or a teacher and this could be a, a, a muslim woman too she could be a she could she could abuse her position there's no system of how to deal with that no you know how do what, what do you do so
2: okay i think we can probably wrap it up okay well May Allah, may Allah guide the Muslim community. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, and all
0: of bani Adam. Yeah, inshallah,
2: we come up with our own codified uh, terms and you know, we had a legit um, panel of people that can judge these things that are upright and uh, um, you know, may Allah protect us all. Mean, um, jazakallah yeah. khair, uh, Sheikh Rami, for joining us today. Was a very, thank you for inviting uh, me. Yeah. Thank you it's for coming down with thank Allah. You. We're so yeah. happy. Um, you've been uh, a part of this process from the very beginning. So well, Alhamdulillah yeah, Finally to have yeah. you down here yeah, no. um, Thank you listeners For You know Tuning in The Prophetic Mentality Podcast Please remember to uh, Go check out Tayba Foundation Donate Buy the books Educate yourself um, Share it Pass it along And with that This is Amr Mabrook With the Prophetic Mentality Podcast Signing off Assalamualaikum
1: Waalaikum